This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can bring up whatever is on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. Back in the studio after a couple days in New York City. We went to New York City for the purposes of attending the Talkers Magazine New Media Seminar. And we can tell you more about that in a little while. But we actually have a guest on to start things out here tonight as we kick off another week of fun and excitement, which is, by the way, going to be Porcupine Freedom Fest week here on Free Talk Live. And inevitably, we'll talk more about that, too. But let's go first to Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org, the president of DownsizedDC.org. Jim, are you with us, sir? Wow, after that introduction and all the fun, I, I feel like a huge weight of responsibility on me now. Oh, I'm yeah. Like the beginning of a week of fun. <laughs> wow. It is going to be a good week, uh, Jim. I don't know. Are you coming out to Porkfest this year, or are you just a strictly a Liberty Forum kind of guy? I, I have been strictly a Liberty Forum kind of guy. I've been to the first two Liberty Forums, and the Free State people are wonderful people. You know, the Porkfest is a, is a great excuse. It's, a free, it's the Free State Project Porcupine Freedom Festival, and I think this is something like the fifth one that they've done. Uh, it's a great excuse to bring up the entire family, whereas the, the Liberty Forum's kind of a, a, a I guess, a, for lack of a better word, stuffier, more convention-style. Yeah, convention-style. Suit-like uh, occasion. Uh, certainly people are casual at the Liberty Forum, but it's not so much family-friendly. There's not a playground for the kids to go play on, whereas this is going to be taking place at uh, Gunstock Mountain Resort, where you can climb a mountain and play volleyball and do all other sorts of different things, uh, family-oriented stuff. So. It's a, it, it's a campground. You know, yeah, it's it, a campground. That's it, it, basically what it is. It's camping. There's, there'll be... Uh, you know, there'll be lots of concerts and uh, there'll be some booths and some speakers, but not nearly the convention that Liberty Forum is. So it's a good excuse to come up and uh, see the state with everybody in the family. That all aside, Jim, uh, welcome back on Free Talk Live. been a little while since we've had you on and uh, figured it was a good time as any to bring you back and talk about what's going on with DownsizedDC.org. Thank you. So, what's going on with DownsizedDC.org? <laughs> oh, that was a question. Okay. <laughs> that was more of an opening. You could just sort of fill in whatever it is you felt was necessary well, there. Well, there's, there's, there's all kinds of things going on at DownsizedDC.org. We were involved in uh, fighting uh, the cap-and-trade bill last week, and, uh, and we were rather excited by one particular aspect of that debate. The Senate actually stopped and read the bill. And as longtime listeners will know, we have a proposal at DownsizedDC.org that would require Congress to read all of their bills before passing them. Uh, reading this bill, which was nearly 500 pages, took about 10 hours wow. of time. And, and during that time, they didn't vote. They didn't do any more further damage to the republic. And uh, that is part of the point of the Read the Bills Act, is to get them to slow down, to make choices, to deliberate, in much the same way that every American family sits around and deliberates, they try to choose what bills to pay and so forth. Congress passes all kinds of things in law, spends money like crazy, not knowing what they're passing in a law or not knowing where all the spending is going. And so we want them to slow down. We want the clerk to read every word of every bill out loud. Uh, we would have liked to have all of the senators there to listen, uh, or at least half of them, as our bill requires. Uh, what they, what they do, walk out? First step. What they do, like walk out while they were reading it, you know, hey, oh, i got to get some coffee and take a nap. Well, actually, this was, a, this was portrayed as a stalling tactic. And the uh, Democrats attacked the Republicans for stalling this essential legislation, this tax, big tax and spend, the largest 
a potential expansion of the federal government since the creation of Medicare. Yeah, I'm not familiar uh, with this cap-and-trade cap and bill, so... Oh, it's, it's huge. Uh, what they essentially were looking to do was to create a system where they would cap uh, the amount of CO2 emissions that are allowed, divide it up into a bunch of permits, and then, uh, and then sell the permits to, quote-unquote, polluters. And polluters would, be, would each year get fewer and fewer of these permits. The, the, the number would go down. And if you manage to pollute less than what, the perm, than what your permits, uh, number of permits that you had, then you could actually sell your surplus permits to a pollute, someone who was have, maybe having a little more trouble uh, staying underneath the, the guidelines, so that they were calling this a market-based solution. What it really was was a brand-new tax. Uh, it's our, the, the, the caps are arbitrarily chosen. Uh, the timing and the targets along the way are arbitrarily chosen. And you know in a political process where people are able to come and say, hey, you know, legislature or bureaucrat or whoever, you know, we're going to give you some kind of special favor, or there's a job or a contract for you down the road, so on and so forth, that sooner or later these things were going to get broken, they were going to get stretched, people were going to get exemptions and exceptions. And uh, that's what's happening over in Europe. They have a cap-and-trade regime, and uh, under their, their cap-and-trade regime, over the last two years they've actually increased the amount of CO2 that's allowed to be emitted, not decreased it, huh. uh, because this is, the, this is the political process at work. It's not working there, and it wouldn't work here, but it does give the federal government a whole new pile of revenue, and they were going to spend this money in a lot of different ways, but a big chunk of it was going to go to research and development on ways to control and reduce uh, CO2 emissions and other types of pollution. Uh, and, you know, we, all, we, we have some record or track record of uh, government uh, work in that area as well. Right. You know, and, and even, if, even if these companies do pollute, and obviously we all pollute, I'm, uh, you know, to some extent I'm, I'm putting CO2 in the air right now. Um, and uh, you know it, but what does the government have to do with it? I mean, suppose that some of this pollution affects my land adversely, but I don't know who did it, and I can't do anything about it. Well, is the government going to give me some money? No. It, and if and if they did, I'd have to fill out reams and reams and piles and piles of paperwork, and I'd be beholden to them in, exactly. a, in a huge way. So. Thanks. You know, this is crap. The government doesn't need the money. They're not the ones that are being harmed. The government doesn't exist. Right. You're right. And, in fact, this was actually going to hit real people right where they live. Let me give you one example. One group estimated that if this law, this had been passed in the law, that the bottom fifth of income earners in this country would have seen their gas bills go up by over $500 over the course of the year the top fifth would see their gas bills go up by $1,800 a year. Uh, yep. So, you know, it was, there, this was going to be, in, that's where these prices were, you're going to see a change in prices at the pump, you're going to see a change in prices at the, uh, in your home heating, and even in the food that's being delivered to the store, all of these things, it would be kind of a, one of the things that's really insidious about it is it would be very much a hidden tax. People wouldn't be aware of all the different ways that they were being taxed. They just know they were getting less, and they might even blame the gas company or the utility company for the for the plight that they found themselves in. That uh, WashingtonWatch.com, which uses Congressional Budget Office scoring uh, to determine the cost of each bill uh, as it's introduced, said that this bill was going to cost each taxpayer twelve thousand dollars a year. This was a huge Jeez. government expansion if they passed this. Wow, that's incredible. And now there's no way to say that DC.org did this, but there's some evidence, a small amount. Yeah, no, we didn't. We we weren't going to claim uh, the success that you know, indeed, that we won this battle. And in fact, a lot of people said up front that this was a trial run. They were hoping to 
uh, begin to flush out what the arguments were going to be, who was going to make those arguments, uh, where there might be points of consensus. And uh, uh, this was a bill that didn't have complete support in the Democratic caucus. There were a few Republicans willing to cross over, but there wasn't uh, quite half of them willing to pass it, and definitely not the 60 uh, senators needed to get cloture. Uh, to allow it to come to a vote. So uh, it's still got a ways to go. But uh, the bad news is that both candidate Obama and candidate McCain are supporters of the cap-and-trade idea. They're both socialists. Yes. Yeah, you know, I mean, and this, that's that's exactly what this bill is. Um, I, I once you started mentioning it, I didn't want to talk about it, um, you know. But but yes, you confirmed that that's what I thought it was: is the uh, basically CO2 emissions tax. And, you know, yeah, th- that's what these guys are about. And uh, it's it's going to be one of those two likely as our president. And I'm I'm it's it's not, not be, my president. It's not going to be a great four years. No, no. Uh, and so there's going to be a lot of work left to do. You know, <laughs> you know, one of the benefits of being the president of downsizedc.org is that I see no end, no unemployment in sight for me. <laughs> yeah, no time soon. Well, no doubt about that. In fact, uh, Downsize DC is a great organization that's doing uh, wonderful work in in uh, the DC area to to help people reach out to these uh, 535 drunken sailors and try to slap some sense into them uh, digitally through their email boxes uh, via their web forms. We'll talk more about how Downsize DC works here in a moment. For anybody who's brand new to the idea, Jim, we'll hang on, right? Yep. All right, hang on. 800-259-9231 plus. If you've got a question for Jim Babka, the president of DC.org, now would be a good time to call in. We'll continue with Jim and take your calls about whatever's on your mind. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 1-800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. The features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And those features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 350,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots of stuff to talk about there. Everything from fun stuff to serious issues. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. And it's free. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Do you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections? SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged-off receivables. SACL's employees are trained in resolving issues for your customers and treating them with respect. They know that not only do you want to collect your money, but you want to keep those clients, too. SACL CAI. Check out their banner at freetalklive.com and do business with business to support Free Talk Live. All right, back with Jim Babka, the president of DownsizeDC.org. Jim, uh, in a nutshell, what is DownsizeDC.org for people that are new? DownsizeDC.org is uh, building an army. We're trying to get uh, so many people uh, together who care and believe that... uh, uh, individual liberty is the right way to go. We're trying to get people who believe that the government is just way too big together. Uh, and we're trying to make that force so large that Congress cannot afford to ignore it. And uh, the v- device that we use to do this and to let our voice be heard uh, is an online lobbying mechanism. People can come on to the site. They simply type in their basic contact information. The system tells them who their representative and two senators are and allows them to send a personalized message. We provide uh, updates on what's going on. We First of all, we provide an introduction to whatever the issue is, give you background information so you can quickly do research on your own. Uh, you can do all this in just minutes in your bathrobe from your home, a few mouse clicks and a couple uh, clicks of the keyboard, and, 
and uh, you've communicated simultaneously with all three offices, and we, you communicate with them in such a way using our proprietary system uh, that they know that they're hearing from a constituent, and messages from constituents are counted in red. You're not alone in sending these messages, and that's how DC.org. We're just bringing this force together. That's how we're uh, hoping to build, again, an army so large that Congress cannot afford to ignore us. I yeah, to when, s- when I use the system, I get letters and emails back from the uh, the, the Congress critters, uh, you know, and they sort of let me know that they know that that I've been heard. Now, of course, it's all form letter stuff, and uh, they I don't get the, I don't get the impression that they they really care much what I have to say. But I think that just the vo- the sheer volume might have some effect, and it's the only effect we can really have. Yeah, right? and and that's really why I even bother with. And I mean, let me make something clear here. I don't do anything really at the federal level now. I mean, I re- revoked my membership in the Libertarian Party, and I'm here in New Hampshire as part of the Free State Project. I really could give a flip about uh, the federal government and all of its nastiness. However, I am willing to click a few mouse clicks in the in the hopes that something will change, in the hopes that they'll get a clue, they'll uh, they'll realize that there is a demand for uh, for more freedom in this country. And Jim, d- the downsized DC system allows me to. Uh, to still stay involved to some extent. I do it for my neighbors and for my son. You know, I do it for the for the other people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For the other people that are out there that aren't going to do it. For the other people that you know, I that would like a little bit more freedom, but don't know what to do in order to get it. I figure a few mouse clicks, it's worth it. That's why I continue to uh, to support DC.org. I think it's. I almost believe it's completely futile. Uh, but you know what, Jim, you do such great work. I would. I'd be sad if I quit doing it. So I, I continue well, and, to, and, to and click. Let me give you. Let me maybe potentially give you something to cheer you up a little bit. I I'm, I actually the um, and the more that I do this, the longer that I do this, the more. Hard heartened I get. Uh, we see growth. We see more people coming in and getting excited about the possibilities. And we see the effects of having an army. Now, we, most of the time when we participate in some kind of legislative victory, uh, we've done so as part of a broader coalition. We are not the only organization out there speaking. Uh, there's a point at which I hope we're so large that you know we speak or the coalition's organized by us at DownsizeDC.org. But uh, the other organizations that we're participating with, very much, you, know, you could talk to them. They very much value our participation. They like having the Downsize DC organization uh, helping uh, with, with whatever effort we're engaged in. But we have seen uh, legislative victories, and you know, we're currently in the midst of a battle uh, over FISA, the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance uh, Courts. Uh, where, where there are a group of Republican politicians in this administration uh, who want to basically do away with the Fourth Amendment. They want the ability to spy on Americans mm. uh, living in America on their phone calls and email transmissions uh, without a warrant. Um, never mind how they want to do this or why they want to do this. The fact that they just want to do this is unconstitutional. And we have been fighting on this issue for two years And during that time, we have seen some very dark moments where we thought, man, we're going to get beaten here. And the closest to getting beaten that's happened here is there's been uh, one six-month temporary bill that was passed right before congressional recess called the Protect America Act. We we and our coalition got it expired in, in February. They did not bother to renew it. They could not come to a consensus or deal. And as I'm standing here talking to you now, it's June. Four months later, they still can't come to consensus or deal. Mm. And that is because of the pressure that we have been able to mount with a wide variety of groups working with us, uh, including the ACLU and others. So, Jim, so you, you the defeated... The pressure does make a difference. You defeated the Protect America bill? I mean, you don't want to protect America? <laughs> 
<laughs> what did this crap have in it? I love how they name these. The, the 1984 George El- Orwellian names of these bills just mm. sickens me. You know, you're not a patriot if you don't support the Patriot Act. You don't want to protect right. America if you don't vote for the pr- Protect America bill. God. Well, and that's exactly how it was sold, by the way. That's, that's, that's Of course it is. Absolutely no lie. Because the, the they don't even America read these Act things. Was the, and the people who voted against it were accused of being soft on terrorism. And, and essentially what they said in this bill is that they want to be able to spy on people's uh, phone calls and, and uh, email communications without a warrant, without them knowing that, that, that it happened. Uh, and they want to be able to do this. All, all that has to happen is an international call or an international email. You communicating with somebody outside the United States, and you, know, you would be open or vulnerable uh, to, to their spying and prodding. I did it and, today. Uh, I made a call to Quebec. I could be a terrorist. They're going to spy on me. You wow. hanging out with those crazy French people. Huh? <laughs> so it's one of many things that, <laughs> They're spending uh, money. that Downsize DC is, is keeping an eye on. I want to go to the phone calls here, actually. We've got a few for you here. Let's go to the amp line where Dan is on the line in Alabama. Dan, you're on with Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. Hey, Jim. Great to talk to you. Thank I you. was uh, calling in today um, because I'm on the Downsize DC email list, and I got the email about um, the campaign for a new American policy uh, with Iran, and um, I was really glad to see that Downsize DC is um, is pushing this in uh, in the Congress because um, it's it's really important to me. I'm uh, currently active duty Air Force, and uh, as part of my military training, I've uh, studied the uh, language and culture and political system of Iran uh, pretty extensively for about a year. Um, I speak Persian pretty fluently, and um, I just think that uh, pursuing any kind of military action with Iran would be disastrous. I mean, a lot of people uh, are opposed at this point to uh, the uh, activity we have going on in, in Iraq. But, uh, you know, Iran would be Iraq times 100. It's uh, re- really dangerous to get involved in uh, a country like that. I, I know I'm not supposed to play the host here, but I'm just curious, Dan. You said you've been doing this for about a year. Are you going to be involved in some kind of attack, and are you allowed to share this information over the radio? Uh, no, I, I'm not at all. Um, the uh, the training that I did was um, for a, an intelligence-type job, uh, okay. mostly uh, translating and, and stuff like that. Okay, because the Air Force almost certainly is at the forefront of whatever plan uh, will be used if, if indeed Iran is attacked. It'll more likely be an, uh, a bombing thing. And, you know, when we come back from the break, maybe I'll have a chance to explain more about that. All right, very good. Dan, thank you for the call tonight. And, uh, Jim, more with you coming up here. Jim Babka from DownsizeDC.org. We've got Dave on the line. He wants to talk to Jim as well. We'll find out what he has to say and hear from you at 800-259-9231. This is your show. You can take control of the airwaves. It is Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 800-259-9231, Sickles CAI toll-free line. Calls at the moment uh, that get preference are those for Jim Babka, the president of DownsizeDC.org. We're going to bring him back here in moments. But first, need to tell you about Porkfest. It's going on right now. The Free State Project's Porcupine Freedom Festival, better known as Porkfest, happening from now 
through Sunday the 15th at Porkfest. You'll be able to learn how Free State Project early movers are already making a difference, as well as listen to concerts, enjoy some barbecue, and socialize around the fire. Discover new freedoms, new communities, and new beginnings. Register today at porkfest.com. That's P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T dot com. You know, I must have gotten uh, a half dozen uh, just little text messages and telephone calls and emails of people that went to, uh, that are at pork fest right now saying hey we're having we're here we're getting ready to have a good time so uh i hear the fun tent is up and running and that they've got free talk live i guess blasting out through some speakers there or something like that no doubt about it yeah jason is uh, our biggest supporter so we go back to jim babka from downsizedc.org you're the president of downsizedc.org and you were talking about uh the situation where the us federal government is getting ready to start something with Iran, and you guys are, um, are working on that. What's going on there? Yeah, we're participating tomorrow. There's a, a national call-in day. More than 35 organizations, uh, one of which is DC.org, is asking its supporters <clears throat> to pick up the phone and call Congress. And uh, the day's starting off with a symbolic phone, a uh, set of phones, a, a line of red phones at the Cannon House office building. Uh, Ron Paul, uh, Bob Barr, uh, Lynn Woolsey, a lot, several other uh, prominent individuals will be there, and they'll be picking up those red phones and talking to people in Iraq. They'll be engaging in Iran, excuse me, engaging in dialogue with real people in Iran. They won't have any preconditions before they pick up the phone. They'll just simply pick up the phone. They won't tell people there they have to give up their nuclear power plans or anything. They'll just simply pick up the phone and begin to talk, something the President of the United States could choose to do hmm. if he chose. And there'll be a press conference, and, and, and then these 35 organizations around the country, including DC.org, will be encouraging their supporters to pick up the phone as well and call Congress and ask them to stand up to the president and, and block any move that he's making right now to, to lead us to war in Iran. There were three new resolutions introduced last week uh, to deal with sanctions or provide sanctions for Iran. Uh, the situation is heating up, and the rumor around Washington, D.C., is that the president really, really is determined to bomb Iran before he leaves office, but recognizes that doing so before the November elections may hurt the Republican Party's chances. So that means that we're still in danger until uh, someone else takes the oath of office in January, uh, that this president is determined to attack Iran. Mm. What and, can people and, do you know, we just to... We uh... last caller here, too. The Air Force is going to be at the front of this. The, the, the way that they're planning on doing this one is bombing. They believe... That just like they weren't going to need a lot of forces to, to manage whatever happened next in Iraq, that they can simply go in and they can do some bombing, and bombing will do the job. And, uh, you know, it's going to destabilize uh, the Middle East. It'll probably increase oil prices. Uh, U.S. Uh, opinion around Great. the world will plummet. There's a number of, uh, number of things here that could go wrong. What is, uh, what is it that people can do via Downsize D.C. to, to help out? Well, they could send a message to Congress. We also have a, our own campaign on the Iran issue. They can send a message through our website, uh, and then uh, we also are providing this number. If they go to our blog, they'll see that 800 number listed there uh, today and tomorrow. We're, uh, we're pushing that as well. Excellent, excellent. Let's continue with the phone calls. Uh, Dave is on the line in Ohio listening to WAIS. Dave, you're on with Jim Babka from DownsizedDC.org. Hi, Jim. I have a question. Are, are, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Are, are, uh, Ohio senators in Congress more accessible and liberty-minded, like Senator Voinovich and Senator Brown? Are they more liberty-oriented? Yeah, because mm-hmm. um, I know it's in Ohio with formal state rep, now Governor Strickland, he was accessible. I remember him. He was a federal rep. 
Yes, he was. And he was pretty accessible. And George Voinovich was governor of Ohio before he went to the Congress. Dave, thank you for your call tonight and your question, Jim. Uh, People in Ohio, are they a little bit better off than uh, some of the other states? Not really. I mean, all of these, uh, our system basically communicates with the offices and allows your message to be heard there. And and there's probably staff that's that's handling this, but the important thing is they're counting the number of messages mm-hmm. and reporting it to the boss. And it's that strength in numbers. God tends to be on the side of the bigger battalions, and that's <laughs> yeah. why we're trying to build an army so large that Congress cannot afford to ignore us. It's also really the only thing you can do with Congress is scare them that they might lose, lose their, their jobs. seats. And yeah. you know, it, at this point, they're they're more scared of what the lobbyists can do to them than what the people can do to them. Right. Well, it's one of the reasons why we're seeing such uh, tremendous success here in New Hampshire is because we are building those numbers, not just to people sending messages uh, to people in D.C., but people who are willing to get active both on the local level and the state level, and we numbers do work, so I think you've got the right idea here, Jim. Yeah, and, and you know, if you have those numbers, you it also opens up your ability to do a lot of other things. I mean, we also want to have a force so large that we can afford to buy advertising and, and do other types of media to get the message out everywhere, every day, because if you can begin to get your message out there, you can participate in the national debate. You can, you, you know, your your uh, approach will be part of the dialogue. Right now, I turn on TV, and you know, a lot of the things that Downsize DC believes isn't being discussed on the political talk shows that are not even that are mentioned. On TV, We're, exactly. But we, if we, you start advertising in between the commercial breaks on those shows, uh, and you're, you know, all over the place, they can't escape you. Trust me, you'll be there. They're going to begin to start to solicit your opinion as well, and that's what we've got to be able to do. We've got to get so big, we can't afford to spread the message everywhere every day. This message works. When people hear it, especially when they hear it over and over again, they accept it. They say, this is right. There's something right about this. It's very American. We hear that happening all the time with our listeners on this program. They'll tune in, and then you know, two or three weeks later, they're telling us they've fallen in love with uh, what we're talking about. Well, it's not just the libertarian message, which um, can take a while to to educate people on issue by issue. The pro-liberty message? Yeah. Fine, the the pro-liberty message. Um, (laughs) However, it's the... Just as an aside, Jim, I'm trying to change change my uh, vocabulary. Right, he's trying to change my you know, vocabulary, we, which I, I don't I really to, love. I don't want anyone listen, to confuse me the with the Libertarian Party anymore. It seems like I don't want people to confuse me with that at all. I, I, listen, I understand completely where you're coming from. I mean, I, we use the term downsized D.C., and we focus on the size, scope of government. We've tried to build a cause that's transpartisan, and we very rarely use that word either, even yep. though I think I'm personally, you know, a small L libertarian. But, you know, this organization is not about libertarianism. It's about reducing the size of the federal government. Right. And But, but the downsized D.C. is mainly, uh, besides doing a lot of work as far as uh, keeping an eye on Washington, the, the, their big push is for the Read the Bills Act. And the Read the Bills oh, yeah. Act, no one can argue with. If you talk to anyone who's not a dirty, stinking, thieving politician... Mm. They will say, well, of course the politicians should read the bills. You mean they don't read the bills? <laughs> wow. They're, they're bad people. But you, you can believe these people are not reading the bills. And I, can th- I say that uh, you, know, you, you had a real success last week, Jim. Oh, yeah. And we were very excited about that, even though it wasn't exactly the way we would have uh, you know, set everything up. I, think, I personally think that the strongest thing about this bill is that when they're reading the bill, they can't be doing anything else. They can't be voting in some other bad law or yeah. more taxes or spending more of our money in ways that will harm or abuse or break us. And, and that's, that's the value of it to me. That's the number one value is just that pause. And, you know, it's interesting you just said about people's response to it. I had a candidate on my show, my GCN show yesterday, uh, who's running for Congress. His name is B.J. Lawson. And uh, he has agreed to sponsor these bills. And he's been out talking about them on the campaign trail 
and he's getting some very interesting responses, and they're just along the lines that you said. There's, he said there's basically head nodders and head shakers, and the head nodders say, yeah, you know, that's exactly what they should be doing, and there's head shakers that just can't believe that they aren't already doing it and saying, well, we've got to fix it. So, and it doesn't matter what party they're from. Everybody seems to like this idea. Uh, I think our real challenge right now is believability. Can it get done? But it will become more and more believable as we continue to grow this army and no make doubt. more and more progress. And people can go to downsizedc.org. They can get signed up. It's a quick process. You're not going to sell anybody's email address. And nope. that that email, you know, you you get registered, and once you're registered, once you get your login, you get your password, and then from then on, it's just a few clicks, and you've. Quickly... How long do you think it takes? I mean, to 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 send a message to all three of your Congress uh, critters. However long it takes you to tap some, you know, uh, web, uh, tap out a web form. Forty-five and... seconds. Uh, I don't know. Thirty. It's like sending minutes. an email. Yeah, it's, it's just fast. like sending an email in terms of time. It's no problem at all. In fact, uh, Jim, uh, thank you, sir, for coming on tonight. As always, keep up the good work out there. DownsizedDC.org. Certainly our listeners, if they haven't yet, should go there, get signed up, and pick some issues and send out some messages. And my pleasure. And hello to everybody, and have fun at Porkfest. We sure will, Jim, and thank you, sir. 800-259-9231. More coming up. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Cycle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you want to help support the show, help Free Talk Live out a little bit, then go shopping with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. You can go to Amazon.freetalklive.com and load up your shopping cart with whatever it is you're looking for in so many different categories, 41 categories, as a matter of fact. Uh, and whenever you enter through that link, Free Talk Live will get a percentage, even if you buy used items. Julia, over the weekend, uh, went and purchased herself a PlayStation 3. Unfortunately, she didn't buy it from Amazon. She had to have it right now. She had to have it right then. Of course, Amazon does offer all kinds of shipping methods, which can get it to you pretty darn fast. Uh, but nonetheless, she came home, she had it all plugged in, and when I came home from the trip to New York, she told me that she'd, uh, she'd purchased an HDMI cable for it. Now, Mark, I don't, you probably don't know what that is. HDMI is the new kind of uh, digital standard as far as cabling is concerned to get a video signal from the you know, device to the television set. It's an HD cable connector. Yeah, H- yeah. HD uh, audiovisual cable. That's exactly right. And they're pretty darn expensive. If you go to a store like a Target, which is where she went to, or Walmart, you're going to pay 30 to 50 bucks for that's an HDMI That's where they cable. get you. That, the, the, oh, all yeah. the profit seems to be wrapped up in those things. Oh, yeah. So I told her, well, let me see if I can do a little bit better. I went to Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and there was an HDMI cable there for less than 2 bucks. Plus, wow. you know, plus like $3 shipping. So but I you ordered, ordered other stuff at the same time and sure, got but, down in shipping. But either way, I mean, I ordered that and I ordered uh, a DVI cable. I think I ordered a DVI cable or something. I ordered two. No, it wasn't that. It was an optical cable. And these things are also like 30 to 50 bucks, an optical audio cable. So I ordered an optical audio cable for less than 2 bucks. I ordered an HDMI cable for less than 2 bucks, And the total shipping... Total of the entire order came up to less than ten dollars for two cables. That's less than she paid for one cable 
at the the big box retailer. And you might say to yourself, well, Ian, the you know cabling very important. Uh, you got to have really big cables, and you got to have like lots of insulation. Not so much anymore. Not with a digital signal. If that digital signal reaches your TV set, it's either on or it's off, right? So if it yeah. reaches the set, it's good. So there's no RF involved. So there's no in... RF. There's no. I mean, signal leakage could could happen. So you don't but... need the, the gold connectors nope. with this stuff. Nope, you sure don't. So. She's going to take her uh, cable back from, from Target, and we ordered some from Amazon.freetalklife.com and saved a lot of money. So make sure you shop there, otherwise you might just be paying too much. Let's continue here. You want to say something there, Mark? Uh, Open your mouth. Yeah, I did want to say something, and it's escaped me now. <laughs> All right, let's continue to talk to Greg, who is on the line in Florida. Greg, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello. Hey, guys. Thank you for taking the call. Listen, I, I like your programming there, and I have a question I'd like to ask you since it's free talk. Okay, sure. Um, I'm, I'm with the website FreeOurKids.com, um, Defending Children from the State, and we've come to this unbelievable conclusion on why they're after the children. Have you guys ever asked yourself why men like having sex, men with men and little children? Have you ever wondered that? Have well, you ever... It seems it seems sick, but I I wonder whether it's uh, to, to some extent blown um, you know uh, blown out of proportion by our media, um, like you know it, it, people keep their kids inside in fear of this lecher in a in a van that's all, always around there, and I think that you're talking about maybe one out of ten thousand, one out of a you know fifty thousand guys. Wait, when you well, say men having sex with children, what do you mean? I'm sorry, I don't want to no, I, I mean, don't want like to get really just, explicit, just, but like the federal prosecutor here in Florida went to have sex with a five year old little girl. Oh my. Alex Zimmerman, the spokesman for the whole state of Florida, was caught in Tampa here a month ago molesting little boys, trying to mm. have sex with them. Mm. I'm talking about having anal sex with little children. And what we've discovered is the reason they like having sex with children and men with men is because it feels tighter. They say the orgasm between the sexual relationship is greater because it's a tighter fit. Well, uh, sounds like it's going to hurt somebody. Well, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm a little confused anybody. about something, though. I'm a, uh, hang anybody. on one second there. I'm a little confused about something. You're talking about, you, you mentioned sex with children, and you also said men with men. Are you talking about men having sex with uh, with boy children, or are you talking about just generally homosexual male sex in general? Well, I'm talking about, well, I'm talking basically about the whole concept of why people have sex, men with men and children. I mean, the, men the with men. A, uh, excuse me. I'm just trying to clarify what you're saying. When you say men with men, you mean homosexual, gay, uh, may, male sex. Is what well, you're they don't about. see themselves as being homosexual or gay. Who doesn't? I mean, you, you can. I mean, you might see it from that perspective, but they see it as the the. Um, it feels tighter, men with men or little children. When you have a, a grown so you're, man you're going saying, to have let me see if I've got you straight girl. here. What you're saying is that the reason why men are gay is because they would like a tighter fit. Is that what you're getting at? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm dealing with is in the state of Florida, when you have the majority of people like Congressman Foley, you have the DCS spokesman for the whole state of Florida, when you have the Largo Police Department busted by the for a pedophile ring. When you have one person, the city council chairman, raping children for over 10 years, when you have these people in positions of power and authority, then you understand why they're after the children. People in America need to understand this whole thing with DCF, Department of Children and Family. Their goal is there are people who are what I call them pedophile sodomites. But they're actually, I mean, when you see the children being molested, you go to the website freearkids.com, and you watch that, and you ask yourself, 
Why are they after these little children so bad? Well, you know, well, different different people have uh, different preferences, and certainly if uh, the, the second party is not consenting, then you've got rape on your hands. I don't care how old they are. Uh, and as far well, as... it's worse on children. I, I would agree, uh, but you know I see where you're coming from, and I understand, and and I and I agree that these departments of children and families, or whatever the hell they're called in each different state, are in many cases refuges and havens for people that are pervert, perverts. The people you're talking about. It's sure true in Texas. We uh, just saw another story come out of there. Uh, yeah, in fact, I do have a story about Texas tonight, as a matter of fact, and so we're going to get to that. But it also sounds like you're just throwing in uh, gay guys in general there. And in that case, I think you're you're absolutely wrong. Uh, many people are are born gay. They they at you know a young age realize they were attracted to other men or other women if they're female, and it has nothing to do with uh, anything physical in regards to sex. It's just the kind of preferences that they have. And I'd like to thank well, you for the call tonight. See the, see, the problem with that is I'm a Christian and I believe you're not to have sex whether it's with a woman well, or a man. I really don't anybody. care what your belief system is. The fact is, people are going to have sex with who they want to have sex with and there are a lot of uh, homosexual folks out there they're they're great people i've met a number of them uh i'm sure some of them aren't great people but that's just the way the cookie crumbles uh many of them listen to our program and uh, i'm i'm personal friends with them so if you don't want to be around people that are homosexuals then don't be around them but you might as well quit your bitching because they're here to stay thanks for the call 800-259-9231 this is the cai i I think that lumping in uh pedophilia and homosexuality together is that's wrong yeah like it's it's wrong it's, it's that's why i called him out on it's it. no bet um yeah i wasn't quite understanding i thought he was just talking about boy uh you know man on boy sex that's what, what he, he wanted to make it sound like but he was like slipping it in but very it, subtly it's there. no more right than uh you know I'm man sorry, on, i use the term slipping it in it, it man, wasn't it, no more man, uh right than man on uh little girl sex i mean you know those those pedophilia is pedophilia yeah and you know adult consensual sex is adult consensual sex as far as i'm concerned one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one is the SACL CAI toll free line. We go to Jack in Michigan. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jack. Hey there. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Well, uh, the previous guest was speaking about downsizing Washington, right? Yes, sir. I refer to that as the District of Criminals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So the District of Criminals, throughout my lifetime, I've witnessed in their infinitely magnanimous, patriotic wisdom, uh, given, uh, let's see, NAFTA, GATT, uh, the World Trade Organization, uh, they're launching the, what is it, the, uh, the amalgamation of uh, North America with Mexico. SPP, maybe? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And Jerome Corsi is the guy, I guess, that brought all that up. All right, where are you going with all this? Well, the point is, uh, they aren't abiding by their charter very well at all. And I you think, mean the Constitution? Right. That's, that's correct. Yeah. So they need to be downsized to the extent of being a totally part-time legislature. Yeah, no, I'd go further. I'd say they just need to just disappear altogether. I mean, who needs them? <laughs> In fact, originally, as I recall, <laughs> my history teacher uh, stating adamantly that... Uh, it was always the state legislatures that controlled, uh, that is the sovereign state republic legislatures controlled uh, the federal government via, via their, uh, uh, their, whatever you want to call them, electors, or their, the legislators would go to the foreign 
federal corporation in D.C. and serve uh, a particular, uh, I guess, two-year stint. And they all would, it would, it would be a, a cyclical thing. Everyone would have their... Yeah, well, they were also supposed to be able to leave, too. And uh, I guess Abraham Lincoln decided to not allow that to happen back in the 1800s. But it's time to try it again. It's time to secede either on a state level or, if that doesn't work, on a personal level. And I'd like to thank you for the call tonight. 800-259-9231. There's no point in reforming the system. Let's just pull out. More coming up. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line as we launch into hour number two of the program. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 800-259-9231. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right back into your phone calls. We start things out with Manuel on the amp line. Hello, Manuel. Hi, how are you guys? Hey, great. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Well, I just want to call to let you know about the most recent uh, military-style raid at uh, a Detroit art gallery of all places. Apparently, the cops had uh, nothing to do, and they decided to uh, raid a little gathering of uh, artists and young people, and um, they ticketed hundreds of people and pounded about 40 cars, and get this, a prohibition-style, they demanded a dancing permit. Can you imagine that? Yeah, that you know, it's not the first time we've heard about that. In fact, I've got all the details here from the Detroit Free Press. We can jump into that in a moment. But uh, there is a, I think there was a story a while back about how New York City still has uh, dancing permits. It apparently was a law created decades ago, and it is still enforced occasionally based on, I'm sure, political. Uh, you know, somebody who's in politics that wants to punish their enemies will use this particular piece of legislation against them. And, and I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's such a throwback to, like, the, the 19th century. It makes no sense at all. Are you telling me in America in the 21st century you have to have a permit to dance? Apparently, oh my God. yes. Yeah, there's music. Oh, no, the live music. There's a distinction Mark, here? If we have, whoa, whoa, whoa. If we allow people to dance to any old music they want to dance to, then we might have dirty dancing going on. We might have people grinding. We might have people uh, holding each other close. And we can't have that in America. This is a Puritan country. What are you talking about? It's crazy. We can't have people gyrating their hips. That's mm. terrible and evil. Yeah, the, the kids might do that that new dancing where they're just simulating sex. You know, they've been saying that uh, adults have been saying this about teenagers since there have been adults and teenagers. I'm sure that the adults said that about the foxtrot. Oh my God, it's just like sex. <laughs> that's what they say about dancing. Let, let's trot out a new straw man, shall we? Manuel, any other thoughts? Oh man, the police state is just uh, every day. There seems to be. 
just another raid here and there for the most stupid reasons. Well, isn't it interesting? You know, people won't even believe you that there's a the police state going on. They just won't believe you. Yeah, well, you know, I, I understand that there's some people that don't really come across it in their lives, but it's going on out there. We've got old women being arrested for having their grass growing too high or not enough living grass in their front yard to, you know, youngsters getting arrested for dancing without a permit. Senior I mean, really, citizens uh, caught up in stings for, uh, you know, jitney cabs? Yep, and not only, uh, not only are they going after groups of hundreds of people, like with the immigrants and with the, uh, the Texas, uh, the, the children at the, uh, the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, amongst other places, but they're also going after some of the most innocuous things. And if you think that you're immune from this, if you think that, well, they're not going to come after me, you don't know. You really could be next. And, it's, it's and it doesn't have to be you. It could issue. be your kid. Sure. It, could be, it could be somebody you love, a friend of yours. And how does someone defend this, anyway? I mean, when this comes up, the idea that there needs to be a dancing permit, who is going to really step forward to say, yes, I agree with this law, it makes sense? I mean, who, who beyond the bureaucrats themselves could actually look at that and say, yeah, dancing permits, we need those in America? Uh, really? I don't know anybody who would, who would defend that. The cops just say that. we're just doing our jobs. That's they really sad. It. It's just so sad. Manuel, any other yeah, thoughts? And, and, well, and you know... Um, um, it's just, it's just, it's unbelievable how just people, people think that these things are okay. They just keep going and going. It's like, and then they say, well, the law says this, so therefore we have to do it. So the cops should enforce every law, but they really shouldn't. Well, and we know they don't. I mean, the, the police around here admit, they admitted it on the NH3.com forums that they don't even know all the laws. I mean, how could they possibly know all the laws? Yeah, well, not even, not even, not even the government, not even a politician could know all the laws. It's just. Hundreds, thousands, maybe tens of thousands, I don't know. There's well, too many to keep track of. They don't know their own laws, so how can they expect anybody else to know what they are, let alone to obey them? The fact is, I never once agreed to obey their laws, and I still have not agreed, and I will not agree, because, number one, I couldn't possibly know all the laws in order to obey them, and number two, the more laws I know about, the less I want to obey any of them. Yep, Thanks, right. Manuel, for the call tonight. We appreciate it, sir. 800-259-9231. I'd like to point out that I do uh, follow natural law. That's the law that I obey. That is, I don't harm others. That's fine. You don't have to. You know, you don't have to worry about me coming and hurting you or your family or destroying your property. I'm not that kind of person. But I don't need to follow all of these other man laws, these statutes or regulations or RSAs or acts or whatever the hell it is that uh, they're called in your state or your locality. It's just a bunch of people that you don't know attempting to control your behavior, attempting to, to, uh, to force you to do things that you don't want to do or to force you to not do things that you do want to do. The hell with those people. Who or, are they anyway? Or tax the crap out of those things. Yeah. Well, which is why well, that... those are people. Those are people that uh, you know they 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 enforce the laws uh, against violence, except when they are using are the violent. violence to enforce the other laws that they've written. Sure. Well, they, we 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 all know they're exempt from their own laws. They certainly seem to be. Here's the story, by the way, from the Detroit Free Press. The DJ was spinning old records by James Brown, Aretha Franklin, and the Meters during Funk Night uh-uh. last weekend. Get back. When the heavily armed cops, dressed in commando-style uniforms, burst into the West Side Detroit Art Gallery. 
The cops yelled at the patrons to hit the floor. Witnesses said some officers used their feet to force down a couple of people who failed to move fast enough or who asked too many questions. Right. Don't ask, don't ask police officers questions. Why did they send, Why do they put these people on the floor? What's the purpose of that? Did they think they were going to get a shot by a bunch of people that were dancing? Is that what they thought? I mean, it seems ridiculous to me. Yeah, I don't know, Mark, but uh, no, your mar- your microphone sounds a little funky right well, now. That's, that, that, that Can you switch over there to that not other my mic? problem category. If you don't mind. Uh, so here's more uh, more to the story. Detroit police conduct raids frequently for all sorts of illegal activity, and the public never hears a thing. But cops almost never raid art galleries filled with young hipsters, students, and at least one lawyer. So this May 30th raid, not unexpectedly, is turning out to have an afterlife. The gallery and patrons have decided to fight back, and the American Civil Liberties Union has become involved. The site of the raid, the Contemporary Art Institute of Detroit, CADE, on now, this is ironic. On Rosa Parks Boulevard. It's a nonprofit for 29 years, has promoted art and art education in Detroit. Their executive director notes that their current exhibit is co sponsored by the city of Detroit itself. So the city went ahead and raided its own little art exhibit. Basically. That's nuts. To patrons, Funk Night, which lasts from midnight to 5 a.m., is a popular monthly dance party that is the laid-back essence of a sophisticated city. Most of the people are young, instead of a bunch of young girls and old men, like at a dance club, said one of the attendees who was ticketed at the raid. Since it's an art gallery, there are really cool, cultured people, instead of at a dance club, where there are people that are trying to get you drunk and take you home. To the police, Cade was a blind pig, where people were buying beer after hours. They handed out 130 tickets for loitering in a place where alcohol was being sold illegally and impounded 44 cars, which cost $900 to get back. Each? Yes. Holy crap. So, what? why would they impound? It's, they can impound your car when they ticket you? Is What is it that it takes? I don't know much about in the impound process. How is it that the police can just impound a car? Is, is it would it... seem to me that they were uh, they, they they were parked. Perhaps uh, they weren't supposed to be in that lot at a specific time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there, some parking rule was. They violated. found some technicality and decided, well, we can impound for this. I'm not sure that it was a technicality. Maybe they were parked in the wrong places. Maybe they, maybe they had uh, been in other businesses' parking lots. Uh, usually. When you're, you know, that late at night, it's okay to park in some other businesses' parking lot. Sure. But, but they'll put up these signs that say, you know, they'll you be could be towed. You're taking your chances, but, you know. And what about the crowd of people? I mean, they they gave out 130 tickets for loitering, so there was obviously uh, at least a couple hundred, you know, probably a couple hundred people here in attendance at this party. What kind of people are we dealing with here? Well, according to the report, the cops found no drugs, no weapons. And no people with outstanding warrants. But they ticketed 130 people anyway and stole their cars from them. Police spoke to disgusting. It's really disgusting. These are thugs. This is Detroit? Yes. Well, you know, and people wonder why people are leaving this stinking city in droves. No doubt about it. We should it. go to dis- Detroit and, uh, and, and you know, pass out pamphlets for the Free State Project. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And more coming up with your thoughts as well. How far are you going to let this police state go before you stop cooperating with them? Because that's the only thing that's going to change it. More on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231, the Sickle CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com and those features 
include the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, just click and download. We've got an entire year's worth of the program right there on the front page of the website at freetalklive.com, so enjoy all that on us. Hey, President Barack Obama, is that a scary thought? How about John McCain? The North American Union, unconstitutional (laughs) drug and gun laws, a national ID card, dancing bans? What's your trigger point? If it happens, what will you do? The Free State Project knows that one size does not fit all. Participants choose what event will trigger their move to New Hampshire to join the fight for freedom. Check it out at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org as we continue the story from the Detroit Free Press about the Contemporary Art Institute of Detroit. Cade had a dance night. Uh, They call it Funk Night. And it goes from midnight to 5 a.m. Apparently, alcohol was being sold and served, and people were there having a good time. And the cops, well, you know they don't like it when people have a good time, at least without begging for permission from the state first. So they showed up with a squad full of thugs dressed in black. They kicked in the door, and they threw people to the floor, and they proceeded to, well, they couldn't find any drugs or any guns or anything uh, contraband-like, so they just ticketed people, uh, basically. And confiscated their cars at $900 a pop. That's correct. They uh, And stole. God knows how, you know, you know how uh, crazy it must be trying to get home uh, with no car, and then trying to uh, get your vehicle away from the people that have it when it's impounded. It's, it's awful. It's, it's awful to do to awful. people. 130 tickets were given out for loitering in a place where alcohol was being sold illegally, and they impounded 44 but, cars. But the, but the city of Detroit was sponsoring the event at the same time. Well, no, it was sponsoring the exhibit, the exhibit but not the event itself. The exhibit at which the uh, event was taking place. Right. So, a police spokes bureaucrat says that officers warned Timlin, who was one of the organizers, about violations during a visit several weeks ago. He says, we don't often do that. He was advised of the issues he needed to clarify. So they're saying they did this guy a favor. That uh, they told him in advance that something could happen. Yep. Timlin confirmed the visit, but said he believed he'd made the necessary changes. He said police told club officials that they also need a permit to allow dancing. This was after the fact. Timlin said everyone thinks it's ridiculous that we have so to have they a got permit. The per- they got the permit to temporarily serve alcohol, the temp permit for alcohol. No, they said that the alcohol was being sold illegally. So I'm not sure. He, he doesn't specify what I the don't police even, told I him. don't even trust what the cops say on this because they probably don't know. Everyone thinks it's ridiculous that we have to have a permit for dancing, said the organizer. He's a promoter and provocateur who once stood in boxer shorts to promote an exhibit and another time walked from Detroit to New York wearing a cardboard box. He asked why Cade can't get a break on laws about dancing, for instance, when the city, as he puts it, bends the rules on taxes and other issues to convince large companies to locate downtown. As a response to the raid, Timlin has launched a week-long arts festival that started at midnight Friday and will end with a concert on Saturday. Timlin's lining up bands, artists, lecturers, filmmakers, and others to keep the Cade going 24 hours a day for eight days. He said, we're going to dance without a permit. If we get a ticket, we'll fight the ticket and change the law. People should be able to dance where they want. I'm with him. I, I agree. I hope they do, and I hope they're successful in this. I don't know if it re- will result in the law being changed. I don't know what's going to come out of all but this. It but it still takes uh, – you, you never know. Um, but but it people still fighting takes, it is a good thing. Yeah, it still takes people standing up and saying no. A number of patrons and their parents said they can understand getting a ticket, but they are livid about having cars impounded and having to pay $900 to the Wayne County Prosecutor's Office. The payment's based on a state law that allows police to impound cars for drivers accused of involvement in drinking, gambling, drug, and prostitution violations. So apparently if you're in uh, that particular area, Wayne County, that if you get busted for a joint, they'll take your damn car. 
They'll take your car for just about any old thing that's a consensual crime. Any consensual crime, they will steal your I'm car. I'm sure it's the police impound yard, and I'm sure the cops got all $900. So not only did they hand out a ticket for probably 200 bucks, yeah. $150, they, they got 900 out of you. This is a grand out of every one of these people. Yep. you telling me this isn't revenue generation? 44 people got their cars impounded. Oh, you don't impounded. have your dance permit. That's at least forty. You know, that's at least forty-four thousand bucks, probably at least plus the uh, the rest of the tickets. Patrons have court dates starting today. Many plan to plead not guilty and ask for a trial. ACLU will be there. Spokeswoman for the ACLU said they're investigating the case and is alarmed by masked police officers in commando uniforms needlessly storming peaceful gatherings and seizing cars. You know, the well, there's a need. It's they need money. See, and they're willing to do whatever it takes. To get their hands on it. That's the, what they're all about. The sad part out, about this is that these, uh, these cops that participated in this, they are not without onus. They are not without guilt. They chose to they, do that. They chose to do this, and they will face no recompense. Nothing will happen to them. This is true. The ACLU can come down on them as hard as they want, and nothing will happen to these officers. All they'll, and, all they'll say is, well, we'll have to review our policy. Yeah, that's what the, that's what the police department will right. say, but the officers won't get anything. Um, here is the, the problem with government. You know, we can, we can solve this whole government problem with one, uh, you know, just change in the law, which is uh, public officials need to be held responsible for the damage the damages that they do. They should, you know, they should Good be able to bring for it. that. Right. Absolutely. It's very difficult. But if they could, if they could bring, char- you know, uh, they all hang out together, man. The judges and the public officials, they're all on the same team. And yep. there's no way that one team, you know, one side of the team is going to hold the other side of the team responsible for anything. I mean, it's pie in the sky. You know, all government is pie in the sky, my friend. If you believe that you're going to give, uh, you know, the power to do violence, the monopoly privilege on force to an organization, and they're not going to abuse it, well, mm, you're living indeed. in a dream world. So, you know, all those people out there that, uh, that that believe that government is a good idea, and I can't say that uh, in every case I'm not among them. You know, this is this is what needs to be done in order to enforce the law. Will it make it difficult for government to work? Yes. But at the, that, that would get them out of so many things that they don't belong in in the first place. 1-800-259-9231. Just one more thought here from the story from the Detroit Free Press. Again, they're, uh, they are going to continue dancing without a permit, and they're going to see if the police try to mess with them. They're pointing out that the festival that's going on this week is alcohol-free, but they will be featuring illegal dancing. And he says, we're standing up, the organizer says, we're standing up for what we believe in. We prefer that the police would come and dance with us. Well, that would make them more human-like, and we can't have the, the police uh, lowering themselves from their godlike capacity over all of us uh, and, you know, acting like normal human beings, at least in general. Certainly there are exceptions to that rule. There are some cops that are definitely uh, a little more reasonable than others out there, but any cop that's enforcing laws against people that are doing things consensually really needs to to take a a look at themselves, and they really need to to ask themselves why they continue to do things that are evil. I understand that people want to, you know, the people that are police that are of a relatively pro-liberty mindset, they they tell themselves, well, you know, I've got a job to do, I need to get this paycheck, and it's better that I'm here than some fascist uh, in my place, but you're still enforcing the fascist rules. Why not just refuse to enforce bad rules? Like, a, a, you know, the military man, that the very few military men that have refused to fight the, the illegal wars. It would be the principled, pr- well, uh, correct position to take. I yes, don't know. it may result in some sort of uh, ret- retaliation, but 
So I, you've I don't got to make I, a stand. I, I don't think I do. I don't think I agree. And uh, you I'll, think that cops should continue being uh, enforcing laws they disagree with? I think that if they don't enforce some laws that they disagree with, they will be out of jobs. I don't believe it. Hang on. 800-259-9231. We will continue this conversation here in moments. You can take control of the airwaves. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up what you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. That's 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com, and those features include the wiki. You can get interactive. It's like the listener-editable version of our website. Just go to wiki.freetalklive.com. Edit virtually anything you see. Wiki, W-I-K-I, dot freetalklive.com. Have you been thinking about investing in real estate in New Hampshire? Mark Warden is your connection to homes, rentals, and land in the free state. Look for him this coming weekend at Porkfest in the Exhibitor's Tent. Mark Warden, a first 1,000 member of the Free State Project and your Porcupine Realtor. I met Mark. Uh, he's a hell of a nice guy. So He's should... also like, set, helped set up the, uh, the, the, the Porkfest, right? I believe he's involved in some way. He's yeah. a he's one of the big activists out there in in Manchester and a realtor to boot. So, uh, meet him at Porkfest this weekend. 800-259-9231. Continuing discussion here. We'll go to the phones in a moment, but uh, first to continue here, Mark. We're talking about the police, uh, and we uh, what brought all this about was a story out of Detroit where the police went in uh, with their black masks, kicked in the door of an art club, and raided it. Because people were dancing without a permit, and apparently there was alcohol being sold. And they went in, and they stole 44 people's vehicles, $900 fee to get them back from the impound lot. Probably 1100 bucks by the time you're done. Yeah, and they ticketed over 130 people for loitering in a place where alcohol was being served illegally. Because I'm sure they got tickets and got their cars impounded. And from time to time on this show, we'll talk to police that claim to be pro-liberty. And some of them, I believe them. I've met some of them in person. And I know that they have some level of principles. I know that they get freedom. But one thing that they're deathly afraid of is refusing to obey orders. If the police get an order, these pro-liberty cops allegedly, if they get an order that is to enforce some sort of anti-freedom piece of law, which is a lot of them, but specifically consensual crimes, you know, marijuana smoking, or in this case dancing without a permit, they will go ahead and enforce them because they're concerned about their paychecks or they're concerned about retaliation. And you said, Mark, that you believe that if the police do not enforce these bad laws, that they will be fired. And right. I don't know if I agree with you there. Well, I, do, I, don't, I, I, I mean, these, the cops don't get fired for, like, molesting kids. These cops, well, and the other thing is... is they can murder people and not get fired. They'll, be, they'll, they'll sit at their uh, low-rung job. They'll never get up in, um, in, you know, any higher in the police force where they could do some good. How high does one have to get before they can do some good? I would say uh, lieutenant or higher. Then why is it that the lieutenant here in Keene, uh, Lieutenant Shane Maxfield, 
who is with us, allegedly, on the war on drugs. It's what he's told me personally. He's, he's against the war on drugs. He gets it. Why does he, why does he refuse to not just not enforce the law, but he won't even join law enforcement against prohibition. He won't even take that teensy-weensy little step. In fact, 99.9% of cops in America refuse to join law enforcement against prohibition. I only know of one. His name's Brad Jardis, and he's from here in New Hampshire. I mean, Brad deserves the most credit of any cop in America any on-duty cop in America, because most of them are so cowardly that they won't even stand up for their own viewpoint. At least Brad, even though he continues to enforce bad laws, has making a, taken a public stand against them, whereas most of, most of them are so cowardly that they won't even do that. Um, in Mr. Maxwell's defense, I would say Maxfield. that... Maxfield, excuse me. He, he, he just, you've just now started talking to the guy. It's only been a few days that but he's But he already on... agrees with the ideas. So he agrees with the idea. He hasn't come to the point um, in his life where he's ready to take the stand. I don't think that you can Why just not? present the idea to him and then say... Poof. Are they going to fire you for taking a position? Are you going to get fired for that? He, he may want to get up, move up higher. I mean, I is, is, is there anything wrong with wanting to move up higher? No, there's nothing and, wrong and with that. And therefore have more effect. I think it's good to have pro-liberty people sad, in, the, in the police department. And I think that we but are... They're, but they're effectively anti-liberty are, because they're enforcing bad laws. We are all unprincipled to some extent or another. And, you know, it's difficult to point fingers. I mean, even you use the public roads. If you were really principled, you'd stay off of them. You'd never touch a Federal Reserve note. You'd never go on a public road. You wouldn't, pay, you wouldn't buy gasoline for your car because those taxes yeah, go to the government. Yeah, but those things don't infringe upon other people's liberties, Mark. The, that money is from that gas tax is used by the federal government, the state governments, and the... Um, I can't choose what the gang does with the money. That's not my responsibility. If I need to get from point A to point B, that's an understandable thing to do, and the fact is, you've got to put gas in your tank in order to you, do that. You're complaining it about a step on anybody's of rights. In, in principle, unprincipled behavior. I, my behavior, going from point A to point B, does not result in anybody being put in prison cells. It gives them the money to put those people in prison cells. You know what, Mark? Again, you know, you're, you're, not, you're not really understanding where I'm coming from here. The cops we're talking about are directly putting people in prison cells. They are the ones that are making it possible I see that. to enforce those laws. I do laws. see that. I, and what I'm telling you is you're complaining about a step in unprincipledness. You're unprincipled. Mm -hmm. They're unprincipled. Right. And, you know, it's difficult to, you know, it's, it's difficult. What do you, I understand what do you do? I understand it's difficult. It's, it's time to stand up for what you believe in. That's what you do. It's time for, then stand up for what you believe I am. in, baby. I am. I'm going to pay half of my property taxes coming up this year. Uh, that's, all I'm telling you is you can't tell I don't pay the, the federal guy goons. when it's time for him to stand up. I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm just making a suggestion and I'm talking about it. Because I don't believe that they are going to fire you for it. I don't believe that. I think, that the, I think that the cops are frightened to death they will be fired, and I think they will face retaliation. I think they will be relegated to the overnight shift or whatever it is that uh, would, would be considered punishment. They won't qualify for any overtime or something like that. Certainly, there will be political things done that will, uh, will affect their jobs. But if all of these so-called pro-liberty cops just keep right on enforcing bad laws, at what point are they going to stop? I mean, some of them claim they won't enforce the gun confiscations, but they enforce marijuana and they enforce all these other laws that, you know, the, the, the so-called crimes don't harm anybody. They're consensual crimes. Well, why is it that they won't do the gun thing? Why is it that one law, they'll stop there, but they'll go ahead and do the rest of them? Wouldn't they be concerned about their jobs in that case? Where is it that they draw the line and why do they draw the line there? And I, I, you're not, you can't answer that question. Only those officers can. So if you want to call in tonight, 800-259-9231 to, to talk about this. 
You know, where is your lawn drawn, and why did you draw it there? That's all I want to know. I just want to understand. That's all. And I think that, you know, here's another thing. Uh, there are some cops that are to the point where, I'm not going to name names, but they're to the point where they want to quit. Like, they've become so principled, it bothers them sure. to do that job. Sure. Now, if you're to that point, then my question is, why would you continue to enforce those laws? If you're to the point where you're willing to quit your job, where the paycheck coming two weeks later is not such a big deal anymore, you're, you're willing to quit. Well, wouldn't that be the point at which it's time to say, okay, well, instead of quitting my job and being completely ineffective, I could stay in this job and just make it clear that I'm only going to go after rapists and murderers or, you know, violent criminals, arsonists, people that hurt others, people that destroy others' property. I'm only going to go after those types of criminals and then just see what happens. Let's have one of them, just one cop, take that position and see what happens. Will they get fired? Then we'll know for sure, won't we? And I'm not saying that that's going to happen anytime soon, but I think it would be interesting to watch. Yeah, it would be interesting. I would cheer that person on, but I understand where everybody's coming from. Look, uh, you know, I'm I'm taking my uh, property tax bill to to court here uh, shortly just to see what, uh, you know, we'll see whether uh, basically I'm going to tell them, uh, you know, I'll pay this bill if you can prove to me that I owe it, that I've, you know, in some way obligated to pay this bill or or um, if you people, you know, ladies and gentlemen of the jury decide that, uh, you know, that this that to back up this violent, coercive organization. One of those two reasons, I'll write this check, but I will write the check. So I think you do what you can do. I understand. And that. I do and encourage. And the cops can ab- refuse absolu- to him. I absolutely enforce. encourage police officers to join LEAP as a first step because, well, the, the, the proof is that Bradley Jardis hasn't had that many, you know, that big of a problem from. He's been retaliated against, and the administrators do not like him one bit because he's a threat. Does. Because he's a threat to their status quo, to their precious status quo. And I'm not saying it's going to be an easy road. But nothing worth doing in life is easy. So think about it, okay? 800-259-9231 to those of you who are law enforcement officers or know them and love them. 800-259-9231 because if enough of them started to do these things, then everything would change. If the police refuse to enforce bad laws just as we should refuse to obey bad laws, it's over for the politicians. It's going to be over for them anyway, but if the cops were to help us, it'd be nice. More coming up. You can take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. Sickle CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. Ed Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features there are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. If you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then shop with us at the Free Talk Live store. Just go to store.freetalklive.com and load up your shopping cart with great Free Talk Live branded merchandise like T-shirts, hats, hoodies, and more, all at store. Dot freetalklive.com. Let's go to your phone calls and talk to Stephen in Colorado. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Stephen. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight, sir? Well, um, I don't know all of the details, but I know enough of them to tell you this uh, most interesting story. There's a man here in Colorado, and he owns property. His house is uh, near a highway, and he put up a giant sign, huge sign. I don't know how huge. Uh that said U.S. out of U.N. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the local government tried to make them take it down. Mm-hmm. Um, they 
They couldn't find any law in the books that said that he could. This went on for years, by the way. Yeah. Uh, so finally, they passed a law saying, "Okay, you're not allowed to erect signage in your own your in your own yard um, of a certain size." So now, what he's done is he has uh, erected four signs: U.S. out, out of, of U.N. UN. <laughs> and then when they legalized that, then he said he's going to erect nine signs, one for each letter. <laughs> wow! In order to uh, you know get under the the the, the size rules. Yeah, exactly. Under the size rule, yeah. Um, and and you know, I I used to drive every day by this uh, through this neighborhood that now the road through the neighborhood over time has become you know a main thoroughfare. And I thought, well, if I had one of these houses, I would supplement my income by putting out you know by selling advertising out there. You know, people have real estate signs. Surely you could put up a little sign. And sure. I thought, why don't people do that? Well, how stupid of me. Of course, I know why people don't do that. The government won't let them. Yeah. Mm. Uh, they'll they'll prevent it. They just don't like the idea of you uh you know putting signs up. People think signs are uh, some people think that signs are ugly. In uh right. the town we're from, Sarasota, and I don't know how every uh you know town um is around. I don't know what uh, the local town here in Keene, New Hampshire's uh, w- rules are, but you couldn't have signs, you know, depending on the the frontage you had on the road with you know indicated how much signage you could have and and you know that's really was it. It had to be commercial, it had to be zone commercial and you had to you know have a certain amount of signage. And and that's how you got your your sign because people think, especially you know, there, thought that signs are ugly. They clutter up. I should be able to look at other things. Oh, what about painting another side of your building? No, that's a sign. Um, you know, so it just they try everything they can in order to just make it difficult on you. Look, it's my well, property. If I want to put up a darn sign, don't look at it. If you don't that's like right. it. Well, you know, I lived in Florida too, like you guys. I'm from there, and uh, I don't know. I know, Mark, you're just a wee bit younger than me. Uh, and do you remember when they? You know those rolling signs? They're they're really ugly, but they have the flashing lights on them, and you can change the letters. And it basically, it was on a trailer, and I, they illegalized those in oh, Florida. Oh, yeah, the, the the ones that always have the uh, the arrow on them, and they're what they call a marquee, so you can pull the letters on and off. Yes, exactly. Well, I dated a girl whose dad was in that business, and you know he had built this huge house with that, and had boats and they were everywhere too, cars and everything. Yeah, and and just uh, and one and one fell swoop, boom, his, he was out of business. Amazing! Uh, it's so sad. And who's behind all that? It's the cops. Well, the cops are yeah. the ones that are going to enforce that because the politicians aren't going to go out and t- physically take down your sign if you keep it up right. when they tell you not to. It's going to be the cops that come out. And it you know, goes right. back to the question of what I said before. If you're one of those cops that considers yourself pro-liberty, where will you draw the line? Some say they would draw the line at confiscating people's weapons. Some will you know, draw the line elsewhere. But where is your line drawn and why did you draw it there? Because you're willing to take down someone's property. Cops will come in and they'll, they'll take down your signs if uh, the the government orders them to or they'll take away your freedom if you have you know if you keep putting the signs up and you don't pay the fines for having them up then they're going to try to take away your freedom they're going to throw you in a jail cell so i mean either way you're still talking about restricting people's freedom it's just a difference on an issue not degrees either way people are being harmed by you and your actions why is it that one issue is more important than the other it's all about freedom isn't it exactly well and to me it seems that it's a uh a good analogy would be them um, trying to to regulate sales. Mark is a salesman, mm-hmm. and salesmen get a bad rap, and signs get a bad rap. Yeah. Well, poor, you know, piss poor salesmen uh, 
lose their jobs, thus it's self-regulating. And people who have ugly signage are very likely going to get less business. So either they're going to change their mind about what kind of sign they have out there, or they're going to be out of business and you won't have to worry about their signage anyway. That's a good point. Stephen, thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate right. hearing from you, yep. sir. And, you know, uh, signs are an aesthetic, an aesthetic to some extent. I mean, you know, some people like a certain sign and other people don't, li- don't, don't like them. Sure. All you have to do is go down to uh, Las Vegas where they don't have that many rules on signage, or at least didn't at one point. They may, they may have gotten a lot worse. I don't know. But you'll, you'll see that... Uh, you know, d- different people like different stuff. The thing that catch people's atten- get- catches people's attention is lateral motion. You, a-, a lot of towns have uh, gotten rid of the uh, the scrolling marquees that are done electronically, mm-hmm. you know, where you know it'll, it'll say words that scroll yeah. across and you know, then give the time and the temperature and that kind of thing. They've outlawed those because, well, some people don't like them for some reason or another. But you should be able to have anything you want on your, as far as I'm concerned, in, in, in your business goes. What if they don't like the flowers that I planted out in front of my business? Should somebody be able to regulate that? I don't see it. I bet you there are places where there's are, there are regulations like that. We already know there are all kinds of yard regulations for neighborhood areas. Wouldn't it make sense that, oh, you, you've got the wrong kind of flowers. We've agreed in this city that only blue flowers will be planted. And uh, you're out of line, citizen. $100 fine. Pay up yep. or suffer consequences. We here at the at the, 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 the county regulatory board, we only like pansies. And they really do only like pansies. Let's continue with Paula in Florida. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Paula. Paula in Florida. Going once. Paula is gone. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. Uh, so, let's see. What else can we talk about here tonight? How about... I got a... Uh, uh... A good cop story here that you were you were talking about. That. All right, let's do it. All right, Oceanside. It was an elaborate ho- elaborate hoax, but 36 students in an El Camino High pulled it off potentially with life-saving consequences. The result was a soberingly realistic dramatization about the dangers of drinking and driving, delivered with surprising professionalism. Many juniors and seniors were driven to tears, a few near hysterics, May 26th, when a uniformed police officer arrived in several classrooms to notify them that that a fellow student had been killed in a drunk driving accident. The officer read a brief eulogy, placed a rose in the deceased student's seat, and then left the class members to uh, process their thoughts and emotions for the next hour. The program, titled Every 15 Minutes, was designed by Mothers Against Drunk Driving. Its title refers to the frequency in which a person somewhere in the country dies in an alcohol-related traffic accident. By the way, alcohol-related traffic accident is a little misleading. Often misleading. You know, you could be the, uh, the victim of uh, a reckless driver, and you would be drunk, but they would call that an alcohol-related traffic accident. Or somebody or you could, could have be a passenger who's, who's drunk. drunk. And if there's an accident, then it's alcohol-related. Right. They could call all kinds of different things Mm -hmm. alcohol-related. You know, a... You uh, have alcohol in the back. Yep. So, alcohol-related, not a fair statement. That's not a drunk driver. These people at Mothers Against Drunk Driving are slime balls. Yeah, they they will lie to you. They would not come on our show. I invited them to come on and defend their, you know, talk about their position and what they want, and they would not come on our program. About 10 a.m., students were called the athletic stadium where they learned that their classmates had not died. Their classmates had not died. There, a group of seniors, police officers, and firefighters staged a startlingly, startlingly realistic alcohol-induced fatal car crash. The students who had purportedly died portrayed ghostly apparitions encircling the scene. 
Okay, why are you telling me all this? Well, don't you think this is weird? I mean, these... They, They're manipulating people's emotions. Yeah, a lot. I mean, do you want this happening to your kids? I don't know. I mean, this just seems crazy to me to do. To, to having the cops F with their heads, you mean? Yeah, you mean? To, I mean, try to imagine if, if this if this person that was uh, killed... Try, being, you're, in co- you're in high school. And my girlfriend is right. one of the girls that got killed. Or your boy, or your uh, best or friend. In or your case, your boyfriend, or whatever. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, it could be anybody, but... You don't know, and then they drive you into these hysterics? This is nuts. I it's mean, certainly taking advantage of people. It's, I understand the point they're trying to make. I do, too. I think that, I think that there's some value in it, but it's I, tacky. I don't think lying to, to people and misleading yeah. them is the way to go Look, about it. Look, you know, it. kids, they don't, you don't have to beat them over the head. Young people understand that drinking and driving is dangerous. I mean, what, yeah, what teenager doesn't get that? What teenager that's involved in partying, for instance, as many of them are, uh, you know, drinking on the weekends with their buddies, how many of them don't understand that drinking and driving is, is inherently dangerous? They all get it. You don't have to keep hitting them over the head, especially with tactics like well, this. Some of them are going to take, I, I, you know, the fact is young people take more chances than, um, you know, older people do. I think to some extent it's hormonal. Um, but, yeah, you know, they, they take more chances. And... Maybe, I guess the idea maybe is they can scare them into not taking these chances. I don't know if it's effective. I feel like the people that are going to take chances are going to take chances. The people that aren't going to take chances aren't going to take chances. They don't think that it's going to happen to them, and off they go. 1-800-259-9231. Well, you know, it makes them feel like they're doing something, I guess. Scaring the crap out of people. Lying to them. I think it's unnecessary. 800-259-9231. But what's new? Cops lie. They're trained to lie. It's what they do. You can bring up anything. Hour 3 is on the way. The latest on the Texas bureaucrats that stole hundreds of children. It's Free Talk Live. All terms used to describe Dan Carlin earlier in his career. The Angry Young Wolf. You deny others their freedom and they're going to deny you yours. Mussolini on the veranda. I'm a longtime proponent, ladies and gentlemen, that fighting war should be a pain in the ass. A big windbag who just likes to hear himself talk. Let's hook that area on American culture and give those fanatics something to really deal with. You think you're tough? Take on Britney Spears. You think you're tough? Take on MTV. It's Common Sense with Dan Carlin. Get the MP3 or podcast at iTunes or go to dancarlin.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. This is Porkfest Week, by the way. We've been talking a lot about Porkfest over the past several months on the program, encouraging you to attend Porcupine Freedom Festival. It's put on by the Free State Project, one of the two, uh, I think, two most exciting things beyond moving new liberty activists to New Hampshire that the Free State Project is involved in. And it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of uh, hundreds, hundreds of liberty-minded people all hanging out together, camping uh, at the Gunstock Campgrounds here in lovely New Hampshire. In fact, we're going to go right into Michael's call from Gunstock at Porkfest, as I understand it, right outside of the SACL CAI fun tent. Michael in New Hampshire, you're on Free Talk Live on the Amp Line. Well, good evening, gentlemen. Good Welcome evening. back, Mark. Hey, thank you. Indeed, indeed. Hey, I just got here about uh, half an hour ago, and the uh, first thing I did was park the truck and come down here to the SACL CAI fun tent where the, uh, claim my Porkfest beer mug, the 
Beer is flowing freely, and I mean <laughs> freely in both senses. <laughs> Jason's here. Uh, there's probably about uh, 50, 60 people here already. Wow, that's pretty cool. And a lot of people open carrying, and uh, just lots of fun being had right now. It does basically, you know, as I understand guns, it. Guns, alcohol, all you guys need is fireworks. It, it, as I, I understand you know? it, the, uh, the level of people that attend Porkfest does continually increase as the, as the week goes on. Is that, is that correct? Like, you know, 50 people are there today, that's, more people are going to show true. up tomorrow. That's true. Well, 50 people, I was here last year, and on Monday night last year, there might have been 20 people across the entire campground. There was nothing going on Monday night, so nobody showed up. I had 20 wow. people out of, uh, I think they had 500-something last year. So, so, the, so would you say the SACL CAI fun tent has done a lot to increase early attendance? Absolutely. I mean, all the, all the campsites here in Poplar Field, everyone almost has shown up who's got a campsite here. Um, like I said, there's probably about... 60 people just here in Poplar Field. I don't, I don't know about the rest of the campground, but uh, they're all scattered around the field. There's probably about 20 of them inside the fun tent, and I'm going to have to go back in there shortly and get some more beer. So uh, is the beer on tap? Uh, what's the situation with the beer? Um, Jason's got bottles of beer in coolers. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got uh, some of the cheap beers and some uh, good local microbrews here. I just had a... Um, uh, Shock Top Belgian White Ale, which uh, was really good. I think I'm going to have another one of those. Now, what are you paying for all this beer? Absolutely nothing. Wow. It's on Jason. Yeah, Jason likes to be at the center of attention. <laughs> and you can get to the center of attention by giving away free beer. <laughs> no doubt about that. So what sort of things are you seeing going on around there? I mean, what are the activities that people are engaged in tonight? Well, let me let me take a look because I was uh, mostly people are talking to each other and, and having conversations. Thank God, I was worried about the FCC license. What's that? I said, thank God, I was worried about our FCC licensing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I walked out to give you guys a call because it's a, it's a little quieter outside the tent. Yeah, but uh, there are even people having conversations outside the tent. Well, that's what it's all about, I think, is the uh, the socialization, the getting to know other liberty-minded people and talking about ideas and brainstorming, and it really is just an amazing group of people, and there's some – anybody that goes there is going to feel – I feel like they're going to just have a great time because the people are the best, and you don't have to convince them anything about, uh, you know, liberty. They, most of them, they already get it. I know, I know, and I've, I've already met several people who are, who are totally new, just recently signed up or, or thinking about it, mm. and uh, they're already here. I mean, they're staying the entire week, and, and uh, they've got their own stories to tell, so I'll probably uh, try to get them to call the show. But, but uh, like I said, I've only been here half an hour, so I don't know everything that's going on. Well, very good. Michael, uh, I, 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 I appreciate you, you checking in. You're the first person to actually call in from Porkfest. So uh, congratulations, and I, I hope we hear from other people throughout the week. And if they don't call in, maybe we'll hear from you again. Well, uh, I will uh, bug people to call into the show. I'm not sure how much luck I'll have because people seem to be talking to each other. And yeah, well, once, once a night is, is sufficient. We don't need continuous uh, Porkfest updates. We're here at Porkfest and everyone's still drinking. Yeah, it's not you that know? riveting. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Michael, for the call and have a good time tonight, okay? All right. Thanks, Thank dude. You.
800-259-9231. I, you know, Mark, I wish, I wish we could be there, but at the same time, we just got back from New York City. The emails are stacked up. Business needs to be taken care of. So we are spending the first three days of the week here. Porkfest going on all week long through Sunday, by the way. You can go to porkfest.com to learn more about it, P-O-R-C-F-E-S-T.com. So we're going to need some time to get a little bit caught up because, again, spending three days in the middle of nowhere is going to mean we're going to get behind again. So we're busy here in the studio, unfortunately, but we'll be out there soon enough, probably arriving sometime Thursday, maybe early afternoon on Thursday, getting set up for our first live show from Porkfest this week. We'll be broadcasting three nights this week. Uh, last year we only did one night. It was so much fun. We've come back for three times the Free Talk Live uh, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night, really looking forward to going out, meeting some new people, seeing some old friendly faces. Many of our listeners are going to be there, and uh, man, it was a great time last year, wasn't it? I, I really enjoyed it, and I know that uh, this one's going to only be better. Oh, it, it sure is, with the addition of the SACL CAI Fun Tent, where you can pick up your limited supply Porkfest beer mug and drink responsibly with Jason Osborne from SACL CAI. Uh, you'll be able to drink microbrews from New Hampshire, as Michael mentioned there a moment ago. Margaritas are apparently going to be available at some point. I don't know if that's at all times, but they will be available, as well as guest celebrity bartenders, including myself, Mark, Julia. Uh, many free to- many of the Free Talk Live crew will be there. Uh, I know that Gardner Goldsmith, I believe, is expected to ten bar at uh, at a certain point. Britney Spears, I don't know about that. I wouldn't make promises like that. No. Yeah. Uh, prize drawings and a whole lot more. You're going to find it all only at the Sakel CAI Fun Tent and only at this year's Pork Fest. Though, if it goes well, I presume there will be another Fun Tent next year. 800-259-9231, the Sakel CAI toll-free line uh, for you to get on the air. But, hey, let's let's jump back a moment here, Mark, uh, to this weekend. I did say we'd give a, a quick recap of what went on. Uh, over the weekend, as you know, Mark and I were out of town uh, for, uh, well, Mark, you were out of town for a while. Yeah, I, uh, I went for, to Sarasota, I went to, Vegas, went to Vegas, and then Vegas. went to New York. Uh, but we were in New York Friday and Saturday night, and uh, Gardner and Julia both filled in for us. And I've, I've listened to Friday's show, and it's very good, so I'm enjoying that so far. They are good. And uh, we were in New York City for the Talkers New Media Seminar, which is a radio talk radio convention that goes on a once-a-year basis where a bunch of VIPs and talk hosts get together, you know, radio VIPs, essentially, the decision makers. They get together and they, uh, they, you know, they have sessions, panel sessions and presentations and speeches, and there's the inevitable uh, cocktail parties and that sort of thing. And the purpose for Free Talk Live in attending the Talkers New Media Seminar is to be seen uh, by others in the industry, to... To make ourselves known, to help others know that we're out there and we're serious about this business and we're serious about getting on more radio stations and, and socialize and to, uh, to make, make people's acquaintances and, and make it so they get to know us a little bit. Yeah, so. and you know, I, normally I wouldn't expect – I would just go for the purpose of being there to uh, support you in affiliate relations and show my face as a talk show host. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have expected anything good to happen as far as uh, sales for the show. Which but is you got I, some out of it. Yeah, I did. I got a couple of things out of it. As did I. I got a couple really good uh, – I would say I got at least one really hot prospect out of it, which is what we've seen so far with the last couple that we've gone to is that – Going to these conventions has resulted, not the next week, but down the line has resulted directly in the people that we meet coming on board with the show. 
And so I, I met yet another person like that, and probably at least two, I would say, uh, that are, I would say, really hot prospects. And beyond that, uh, Michael Harrison, big thanks to him from Talkers Magazine, the publisher of uh, Talkers, had me on a panel for the very first time this year. I had precious few seconds to speak, but it was enough. And uh, people complimented my uh, appearance on the panel. It was an Internet panel about sort of the, the leading edge of talk radio on the Internet. And... It was cool because that was I was up there in front of the entire room. No one could go anywhere else. As far, there were no other panels to watch at the time that yeah. I was up there. And so you're either in the room or out of the room doing something else. But if you're in the room, you saw me on stage. And being up there on that panel is a huge credibility boost. It's a huge credibility boost. So even though it was a short panel yep. and I wasn't up there for very long... People came to talk to you about it. Well, I talked to Michael later, Michael Harrison from Talkers, and I thanked him for it. And he said, well, welcome to the ranks of the panelist, which tells me that next year I might be on another panel. It's a good thing. More yep. exposure for Free Talk Live means more stations coming on board with the show, means more people discovering liberty. We'll talk more about the AMP program, which made it all happen here in a little while. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features include updates. You get signed up. We keep you in the loop whenever there's something fresh to announce about the show. I uh, actually sent out an update tonight, as a matter of fact, announcing our brand-newest Shriner, Chelsea, who is on the Shrine. You could see that first if you're on the updates list. So go to updates.freetalklive.com and get on the list for free. That's updates.freetalklive.com. So the latest on the FLDS situation. Actually, not that's not accurate. It's not really the latest on the FLDS. It's the latest on the bureaucrats that kidnapped their children. As you know, a couple months back, in a huge armed raid against the Fundamentalist Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, one of their churches in Texas, they came in with goons dressed in black, carrying arm, you know, assault weapons, kicking in doors. They had battering rams. They had a tank. All because uh, people were engaging in polygamy. Now, the, alleg- the original allegation was that there was someone who was hurting a 16-year-old girl and forcing her to have sex. And it turned out the allegations were false and they, they were phoned in by a, a prankster or a hoaxster. And uh, th- nonetheless, they went in and stole 400 children. Uh, and now, the, apparently, the state of Texas has ordered to return those children. So it's not really an update on their case as it is an update on CYD. The children or Texas Department of Family and Protective Services. This story is from William Grigg at uh, the Pro Libertat blog. William Grigg also uh, blogs over at at LewRockwell.com or posts articles there. According to the police in Austin, Texas, just to give you an idea of the kind of people that the government employs in its so-called Department of Family and Protective Services. Billy Dan Carroll spent the better part of the past three decades assaulting and raping dozens of victims, from girls as young as two years of age, to adult women whom he uh, lured to his home and then drugged into unconsciousness. His acts, his alleged acts, alleged because Mr. Carr is yet to be convicted of a single crime, are reportedly documented on videotapes kept in his possession. Austin Police Sergeant Brian Lloyd, a 22-year veteran child abuse investigator, has rarely seen the like of Mr. Carroll, who he describes as the worst of the worst. 
Several of these children were abused multiple times, said the officer. One six-year-old girl was allegedly raped 23 times. Remember, this man operated over three decades. Hmm. Carol made a handsome living operating a court recording service uh, before he was inspired to volunteer for compassionate community service. In 2004, he became a court-appointed special advocate for abused children. This means that he worked, albeit as a volunteer, for the same Texas Department of Family and Protective Services that recently abducted 460 children at gunpoint from their parents at the FLDS Church's YFC Ranch. It also means that Carol was given access to many children, some of them perhaps from abusive homes, others from homes and parents that were not abusive by any reasonable standard, but nonetheless were deemed unsatisfactory by the omniscient custodians of the state's children at the Texas DFPS. In fact, it was through his work at CASA on behalf of the Texas Child Protection Bureaucracy that Carol became uh, acquainted with the eight-year-old girl with whom he most recently molested, Mm. according to a criminal indictment. Understandably, other parents who suspect that Carol may have taken indecent liberties with their children have been flooding the CASA organization with phone calls. Credit must be given to the Austin Police Department for the professional fashion in which they built their case against Mr. Carroll. His home, which was never referred to as a compound, incidentally, was the subject of a search warrant that was issued on the basis of solid evidence, rather than an anonymous phone call from an obviously demented woman. Specific evidence was sought, found, and secured. Carroll was brought before a judge in a timely fashion and indicted on specific charges and given steep two million but reasonable bail. This was done, incidentally, without sending in SWAT operators in paramilitary drag and deploying an APC and sniper team. Nor was the entire neighborhood in which Carol lived cordoned off and treated as one huge crime scene, with the neighbors being looked on as co-conspirators with Carol on the basis of propinquity. The search warrants and all photographic evidence against Mr. Carroll have been sealed, which is entirely appropriate. It wouldn't be wise to taint the jury pool against the suspect by publicizing salacious details or circulating lurid photographs. Laura Wolf, executive director of the CASA program, made a point of telling the media that the suspect's application and background check are protected from public scrutiny by a confidentiality agreement. So until and unless those documents are subpoenaed and presented in court, we have no way of knowing whether CASA and the agency it answers to ignored any evidence that Carroll had been a practicing pederast for decades when they agreed to let him have access to vulnerable children. Oh, Ms. Wolf, by the way, the executive director, it should be remembered, played a conspicuous role in the seizure of more than 460 young people, children for the most part, but a handful of adult mothers who were deliberately misidentified by CPS as pregnant minors from the FLDS community. I don't recall reading her protests over due process irregularities, or the due process irregularities, that led to this mass kidnapping, nor can I seem to turn up any publicity or publicly expressed misgivings from Ms. Wolf over the widespread selective publicity given by CPS. CPS to various documents seized from the FLDS, including uh, confidential church rosters and lurid photographs of FLDS leader Warren Jeffs that were introduced as a cynical PR gesture in a custody hearing to which those pictures were not germane. You getting his point here? Yeah. They uh, were real, real careful and cautious with the case they made against this child molester, Mm -hmm. this known child molester, but in the case... Whom they were, you know, allowing access to foster kids and uh, kids in, in danger... They're very, very uh, careful about prosecuting his case, whereas with the FLDS, they threw all the rules out the window.
Ms. Wolf, by the way, also helped scatter the FLDS children from one end of Texas to another, secreting them into a foster care and child welfare program riven with corruption and rife with abuse. To her credit, one of her public comments about it, the FLDS matter, makes incontestable sense. She said, quote, This particular story has gotten a lot of attention and piques a lot of interest, but there are children all over the state who are experiencing abuse and neglect every day. Well, indeed. Many of them are being abused in that very same child welfare system. In fact, one of them was probably being molested by Mr. Carroll as that soundbite dribbled down Ms. Wolf's chin. Carol isn't the only opportunistic sexual predator recently uncovered in the Texas child welfare system. Indeed, he'll tell you more here in a moment about uh, at least one of the other ones. But also, don't just think this is only going on in Texas. Remember, if you're a pederast, if you're a pervert, a pedophile, someone who likes to molest and touch children sexually, you'll go to the places where children are. You'll become a teacher. You'll become a priest or You'll just go straight to the source and join the Texas or join the state right. of wherever Child Protective Services and, or you know, Department think, of Children and Families. Yeah, I think that uh, you know that they do find uh, way, play, ways to get a hold of children where they will be less likely, less impeachable, as it were. Right. And I think that uh, when you're dealing with kids that uh, you know that, that are sort of troubled, in, in danger, have bad family lives, you can get away with a lot more. Seems to me. Yep, exactly. You've got the uh, the cover of the law essentially on your side, and as we've seen, these bureaucrats, whether they be CYD bureaucrats or the police bureaucrats, whenever they're caught up in something or caught red-handed, in many cases they can sort of squiggle out of it. That they can, uh, you know, that the charges are very light that are thrown against them, or they're able to just simply get away with it because of sovereign immunity or whatever, or because the they close ranks around them and protect them. Let's talk more about this as we continue with William story here. We'll introduce you to a 37-year-old man who is a 13-year veteran of CPS. We'll tell you what he's been up to, allegedly, here in moments. This is your show. You take control. It's Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. SACL CAI toll-free line. Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are there, and they are free. Unlike those other talk show hosts that want to charge you five, six, seven bucks a month to access their sites, we give ours away. And that includes live streams, broadband version of the show, and a dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. Talking about the Texas Department of Children and Families, and this actually applies to every government department of children and families or child protective services because we've seen case after case it's not just these cases in texas there was a case in florida it was mentioned earlier on the show where some bureaucrat at the you know the dcf there was going to meet some little girl like five-year-old girl in order to molest her or something like that i mean there are all kinds of sickos in these organizations and so when we talk about stories where parents have the these bureaucrats come to their houses 
and steal their children away from them. Not just FLDS, not just strong city, no. but just regular folks who are targeted for whatever reason. Maybe they've got an, uh, an angry neighbor that doesn't like them or someone at work uh, doesn't like them, whatever. You call in an anonymous tip on someone you don't like to one of these tip lines, and the government bureaucrats come in and steal ch- people's children, and then it's the people, the parents, it's their responsibility to prove they're good parents in order to get their kids back. Right. Not it, only it, is it that, can take weeks, and right. anything can happen in that amount of time. Exactly. We can see here that anything can happen. Right. And then if the kid complains about it, who's going to be believed? Precisely. You know, and the, the reason the FLDS got so much national attention is because, A, they're polygamists, and B, it was on such a large scale. Well, where are there 460 kids for these people to take at one time? Obviously, there aren't. The most they can take is two or three here and there. And it usually goes And the goes media unnoticed. doesn't report on it. Right. And, you know, these people, they take kids. That's what they do. So it's They tragic. have no other, uh, you know, there's nothing else that they can do. It's either taking the kid or the threat of taking the kid that they use to uh, coerce people with. But if it, if it wasn't tragic enough for you that people are having their children stolen from them, if that wasn't tragic enough, then add on that to the extra layer that there's a... A chance, and I'd say a pretty good chance, certainly a better chance than li- leaving them the home with their parents where they are, there's a good chance those kids are going to get molested. Or something awful will happen to them with either their foster parents or the CYD bureaucrats themselves. Any one of those bureaucrats could be these sickos that we're talking about here. And here's another example from William Gregg at freedominourtime.blogspot.com. Talking about Texas's bureaucracy, roughly a year ago, a 13-year veteran Child Protective Services caseworker named Frederick Shavers was arrested and charged with sexual misconduct involving a 15-year-old girl whom he was supervising. According to police in Grand Prairie, there was a mountain of evidence that Shavers began a sexual relationship with a young girl, an unwed teenage mother, when she was 13 years of age. Shaver was 37 years old and married with two children at the time of his arrest. That means he was 35 and his inamorata was 13 when they began their affair. Gee golly, Ned, says Mr. Gregg, it seems to me that Mr. Shavers was doing exactly what the agency that employed him said was happening at the YFZ ranch. Yeah. The significant difference here, of course, is that CPS didn't bother to prove any of the things that it professed to know about the FLDS community, and Shavers was forced to resign in April before being arrested last June. Furthermore, it appears that this was not the first time that Shavers had been accused of sexual misconduct and other improprieties. According to the Dallas News, Shavers has been the subject of several prior CPS inquiries regarding his conduct. You'd think the second investigation would do it. In 1994, a 12-year-old girl accused Mr. Shavers of kissing her during horseplay at a pool in Greenville. Seven years later, he ended up in a fight with a 20-year-old man whom he'd taken into his home as a minor in CPS custody. Just the week prior yeah, that, to, uh, that could happen to anybody. Just the week prior to his resigna- uh, resignation from CPS in April 2007, Shavers was accused of coaching a child about how to testify in a family court in Hunt County. The purpose of that coaching, he explains or explains the news, was to make it seem like the child was doing his job more thoroughly, or excuse me, it was to make it seem like he was doing his job more thoroughly than he had, according to the child's mother. Now remember, Shavers at the time of his resignation in 2007 had been with CPS for 13 years, and that meant that the first allegation of sexual misbehavior came immediately after he was hired by the agency, and his work record ended with allegations of suborning perjury from a child witness. Shavers supervised an estimated six hundred children during his career as a caseworker. I wonder how many of them he tried to kiss. Uh, yeah, or worse. 
His case records are under police scrutiny on the assumption that other children were abused in various ways by the former child saver. But CPS, of course, did nothing wrong in keeping shavers on the payroll for over a decade. Agency spokes bureaucrat Melissa, uh, Marissa Gonzalez insisted that CPS handled Mr. Shavers appropriately during his career. I think each of those incidents was handled appropriately. Let us be clear about an important distinction. There are no due process considerations regarding a job on the public payroll. It's not necessary to prove an allegation beyond reasonable doubt in order to terminate the employment of a bureaucrat accused of a sexual offense against a child. Had CPS been genuinely interested in child safety, it would have excised Frederick Shavers from their roster in 1994. Just for the chance that he might have done something, I suppose. But Shavers... I can't say that I consider that entirely fair, but... Talking about kids here, right? And it's their job to protect them. I don't know. I, I you know, it it doesn't seem fair that somebody can make an accusation and just you get kicked out the door on the first first go. But he did have several uh, complaints against him. Shavers was given the benefit of every doubt. The same was quite possibly true of Billy Dan Carroll. The innocent FLDS parents, of course, enjoyed no such deference. And now, despite the fact that the Texas Supreme Court has made it clear that the entire abuse case against the FLDS community is a legal travesty, those long-suffering parents are still subject to an ongoing criminal probe, as well as a species of home imprisonment under the arbitrary and plenary authority of the same agency that sheltered at least one known child molester, and given the Carroll case, quite possibly many more. Barbara Walther, the criminally inept judge who issued both of the defective search warrants for the YFC Ranch and the order separating the parents from their children from the FLDS, was a recipient of a brutal bench slap from the Texas Supreme Court. Bench slap. <laughs> that court ruled that the removal of the children was not warranted by the available evidence and that Walther had abused her discretion by issuing the order to remove them. Now, of course, Walther could, couldn't simply acknowledge her errors and do her best to undo them by repealing her order. She had to do something to maintain the pretense that her opinions about this case are somehow more respectable than those of any other self-important harridan. So, in an act of consummate petulance, she refused to rescind her order last Friday. To the astonishment of all present, Walther stalked out of the courtroom without concluding business, leaving counsel and spectators alike to gag on the stench of her toxic arrogance and spite. This was most likely done as a way of making the FLDS parents that spent uh, that much more that much more pliant when Walters presented them with her terms on Monday. According to the New York Times, her order imposed a lengthy list of caveats pending the conclusion of the investigation, including surprise home visits by caseworkers, possible psychiatric evaluation of the children, and a ban on travel outside of Texas. These people in the FLDS are prisoners still in the state of Texas. The entire families are prisoners now. They're not sitting in a prison cell, but the state of Texas is now their prison. Two things must be kept in mind. First, the CPS is known to harbor child molesters among its caseworkers and volunteers. Walther's order compels these innocent parents to associate with a tainted population that could include child sex offenders. Second, those parents, once again, are innocent before the law. They have, they have been convicted of nothing and indicted for nothing. Indeed, they haven't even been charged with any offense. Yet they're now imprisoned at their ranch by judicial degree, subject to the invasion of their property at the whim of a manifestly corrupt, incompetent, and hostile government bureaucracy, and forbidden the freedom to travel that's the indefensible right of every American citizen. Indefeasible is what he writes. Anyway, the CPS is still engaged in a criminal enterprise, and Walther's their fully enlisted accomplice. The agency... 
or that agency will not relent until someone in the FLDS community is railroaded into court as an abuser, thereby permitting the child snatchers to try once again to prosecute the entire community under the novel doctrine of collective criminal guilt devised especially for this case. Because one person was accused of allegedly touching a 16-year-old girl, every single one of the FLDS parents are now prisoners and subject to arbitrary searches and arbitrary visits by bureaucrats and who, who knows what other diktats will be laid down. And none of it was ever based on anything legitimate in the first place. That this can even happen should be quite a clue to anybody out there that doesn't yet believe we live in a police state. 800-259-9231 allows you to take control and bring up what you want. Your thoughts on this or anything goes. It is your show. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com, where all the features are free. So enjoy those on us. And if you like the show, want to help support Free Talk Live, then become an amplifier. Head over to amp.freetalklive.com to get on board with the program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. It's a simple idea. You send in 3 bucks a month to the show via any major credit card or PayPal or one of our alternate options. Uh, and we take that money in and reinvest it in the program and get Free Talk Live on more radio stations around the country. Also bring more Internet listeners on board as well. And the fact is the AMP program is a success. Uh, and it will become more successful when you join at amp.freetalklive.com. It sent us over the weekend to New York City to attend the Talkers New Media Seminar. It allows us to advertise on Google. And we finished up advertising on lourockwell.com. We'll be coming back there, though, I think, for a little more. Uh, we're advertising now on nolanchart.com and what else talkers magazine we've got ads in there we're doing all kinds of stuff with the money you can see some of that going on at amp.freetalklive.com but you'll get perks too to sweeten the uh, the pot you'll get access to the toll-free amp only call-in lines the amp only chat room the amp only forum and more all of the details are there at amp.freetalklive.com to your phone calls we go to mike in illinois mike you're on free talk live Hey, guys. Hey, Mike. What's on your mind? Oh, I just had a funny little story to share with you guys, something I saw. I don't know if you talked about it. If you did, just stop me. Uh, the Senate cafeterias, have you talked about that at all today? No. no. Oh, they're okay. privatizing it, aren't they? Yeah, and the, and it's funny because the oh, it's a Pelosi, the, the Democratic leader, she said uh, that it's one of those rare occasions where... Uh, Privatization can actually do good, and it's kind of funny. Yeah, yeah. Okay, you can you can make uh, food more efficient and cheaper, but you can't do it with medicine. No, oh, it's not possible. Yeah. yeah, I just I I thought that was funny that they they threw their hands up. Well, let's privatize it. Like, that's the that's the answer to the problem. Okay, well, well then why why can't you do that with everything? In the case of the the uh, the Senate uh, cafeteria, obviously they're only going to be able to turn it over to one organization, who's then going to uh, you know try to run it profitably. And I think that probably wor- will work out, and it certainly will cost the American taxpayer less. But right. um, you know, with uh, with with medicine, the free market would work differently. We, you, you, you certainly wouldn't want Congress turning all of uh, medical right. care over to Pfizer, now would you? No, yeah. no. no. In that case, you'd have m- as many choices as you 
you know, right. Wanted. That's how the free market works, and that's what right. works best. As a matter but, of fact, you know, the best thing for everybody in the Senate case would be to uh, shut close down, the damn thing down. Right, shut down the, uh, right. the the Senate cafeteria, tape off the vents, and don't even heat that portion. Yeah, make them bring their isn't own bag it, lunch if they want to eat there. Isn't it just funny though? I mean, even though it's not really a free, like a totally free market solution, it 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 it's going that way. Yeah. Well, I think it's case, hilarious it's the, the it quote is, that you say of the uh, the Pelosi ladies uh, essentially yeah. sticking up for privatization in this po- in this one point, and maybe yeah. that's because she wants to have a, a you know a lunch that isn't served with rotting meat or whatever, or however bad it is. I mean, how bad must it be? Uh, right. You know, the government run lunch. I mean, it's probably it probably looks pretty, I guess, on the outside because they probably spent a whole lot of taxpayer dollars on it. But oh, yeah. I, I bet there are still said... some unsatisfactory things about it that they don't like. Well, they spent a, oh, yeah. a buttload yeah, of money on it, I'm sure. They said in 44 years, they've only turned a profit seven years, and the rest of those years is a $2 million loss. That's amazing. Average. Yeah, and then they said the, uh, in 1980, Congress uh, privatized it, and they've been doing fine ever since. You know, so, oh, so like, there's one for the Senate and there's one for the the Congress. Sure, right, you can't have the right. august senators mixing <laughs> with the with the dirty little congressmen. Talk, talk about wow. a food fight, man. That's crazy, Mike. Thanks for the call tonight. We appreciate <laughs> right. it, sir. We continue here throwing foie gras at each other. With Le- uh, Liam is on the line internationally from Sweden. You're on Free Talk Live, Liam. Hello there. Hello, uh, calling uh, to give an update. Uh, I called you about a month ago. Told you I was been uh, I'd been planting some hemp seeds. Yes. Not public places around town here. Operation in, uh, Overgrow, as it is called here in the States. Uh, yes, yes. Well, it's been about a month, and uh, two days ago I went out to, see, to look at my progress, and I saw that quite a few uh, plants had started growing. Ah, that's lovely. Uh, and uh, what the thing, uh, the city here in, uh, in Malmo, they have these big, uh, kind of like big pots where they put plants like daisies and mm-hmm. stuff. And they have a lot of these all around town, like 30, 40 of them. And so I went around to a bunch of those and put a bunch of cannabis seeds in them. Nice. And, uh, and I went out uh, two days ago, and quite a few of them had started growing uh, <laughs> seven or eight inches tall. That's awesome. And, uh, I took a bunch of pictures and uh, notified uh, some newspapers. And uh, one of the largest uh, regional newspapers here, about 200,000 subscribers, picked up the story. Wow. Did they publish and, the photos? Uh, uh, they, they took their own photo uh, nice. of the plant. And then, uh, they interviewed uh, a police officer, asked him a few questions, and uh, I was actually quite surprised by the police officer's uh, reaction. What was they it? asked him, uh, how much energy will you be spending investigating this matter? And uh, he essentially said that we're not going to investigate it at all, because uh, <laughs> what we investigate is if you have intention to manufacture narcotics, and uh, we don't believe uh, these people have intention to manufacture narcotics if they've planned it in a public place. So they're essentially going to be ignoring it. So they're saying so they're saying that it's not manufactured Good. because it's not going to be sold, it's not going to be harvested and sold on the black market. Yeah, they figure idea. it's just like a political thing, which it yeah. is. It's, it's hemp seeds that we've been planting. And uh, I think more people should do they, this. I think uh, you know you buy yourself a, a bag of marijuana. Usually those seeds end up going in the garbage. Most in most cases, uh, take them downtown and and throw them in the the planters out in front of city hall. Throw them in the planter out front of the police department or whatever. You don't have to. You don't have to take the time to bury the seeds. You didn't do that, right? You just threw them, right? 
I, I first threw them, but uh, that actually didn't, didn't work very didn't work. well after okay. it started growing. So I, I took a little bit of extra time and uh, just pushed them into the soil a little bit. Maybe just make sure there's nobody around when you do that. I mean, if you're going to be doing it that, you can get away with just dropping them or throwing them without anyone noticing. But if you're going to be yeah. actually planting things, you might want to be pretty careful about that. Yeah, I actually did go out in the middle of the day the first time, and uh, I was getting some strange looks. Uh, a lady came up to me, asked what I was doing, and... Uh, I quickly made up some spontaneous lie about how the city had sent me, and I didn't know what they'd, what they'd given me. Huh. She asked me uh, what kind of uh, flowers I was planting. Mm, interesting. Hey, keep us uh, well, informed. That made me nervous enough, so I went out uh, in the middle of the night the next time and planted instead. Well, I don't know if that's, if that's any less suspicious. <laughs> I don't know. What's that yeah. guy digging around in the pot yeah. and plant in the middle of the night for? I don't know what the best <laughs> way to approach that would be, but uh, congratulations on your success at getting the plants to grow, and who knows, maybe some of them will grow to a decent height before they snatch them out of there. Yeah, uh, I have some pictures. Uh, SwedishLibertarian.blogspot.com is if people want to see pictures. Cool. SwedishLibertarian.blogspot.com. Liam, keep up yeah, the good work. You know, Liam, I've seen I've seen your blog, and uh, it's entirely in Swedish, by the way. It is entirely in Swedish. Right. Uh, the links to the pictures are pretty prominent there, up on the top of the except, page, though, so people should be able to figure it out. Except for the name of you know our radio show, and I can only assume you're saying good things about the radio show, and thank you for uh, you know in, informing people in Sweden about the show, because I'm sure a lot of them you know don't speak English and need whatever outlet they can get. Thanks for the call tonight, Liam. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. We continue with, I believe, Paula is on the line. We're going to try her again. Paula in Florida, you're on Free Talk Live. Paula. Yeah. Hello, you're on the air. Yeah, I just want to let you know, uh, GW's impeachment has been going on for now since, well, since 6 o'clock. Oh, come on. When, when, uh, yes, it's, it's in the House right now, and, I mean, all the evidence, I mean, it's still coming. And, I mean, there's just more and more evidence. And, uh, anyway, because Cindy's bought it, being why everybody's there. What happens when they actually impeach him, though? I mean, that's just kind of like a, nothing really happens well, if, to if him, right? if both of them are, are taken out, then Nancy takes over temporarily. But, now, is impeaching actually removing him from office? Yeah, I thought impeaching yeah, was just yeah. like saying you've been he's, a bad boy. All the crimes he's done, yeah, he has to be removed. Hmm. All I think right. impeaching is, is the accusing of, of it, and then there's a removal from office process after that. All right, we'll find out. Thank you for the call, Paula. I don't know. Whatever Paula says, you have to kind of question when she... If you know, I, What she, is going on in Congress right now if, uh, if they're not doing the impeachment process? Makes me wonder. Uh, again, here, 800-259-9231. Let's go unscreened. By the way, here you go. Impeach. To accuse a public official before an appropriate tribu- uh, tribunal of misconduct in office. So it's simply an accusation. It doesn't mean that he'll lose his, pace, uh, his place. I don't think. If I'm wrong, correct me. Let's go to the amp line unscreened. Who's this? This is the Christian anarchist. Yes, the impeachment is to indict, basically, and then they have to try him in the Senate and find him either guilty or not guilty. So huh. impeach is the same as indictment. Right. Well, by the time they actually get around to a trial, he'll be out of office, and it won't make a, bit, a damn bit of difference, will it? Yes. If so they're even true. impeaching him, and that's, you know, that's Paula's claim, and that's worth so, not too much. So I called anyway about homosexuality. Okay. Earlier today, you were talking about how, it's, how it can be genetic. 
Yes. And I want to do, uh, call you out on that. You know, Gene, let's talk about it tomorrow, my friend. Uh, that's fine. All I know is I've talked to gay people, and I believe what they tell me because they have personal experience with being gay, unlike you, Gene. Call tomorrow. We'll discuss it in, uh, in detail because we've only got like 10 seconds left. So thank you, sir. It has been Ian here with you. And Mark. Back tomorrow night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronic, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com.